the video store is now floor to ceiling neon and black lights and shit. And it's just like, I feel like I can see every drop of liquid in here and it's, it's disgusting. It is absolutely disgusting. But last, you remember what happened with Dan last week in the store and, um, Jerry found out about it. And basically, he said, if there's fluid in the store, I want to see it. Yeah, but there's fluid everywhere, dude. I, it's, yeah. So Dan has been uh, reprimanded. He will be wearing a specifically designed bottom. But we'll go. Just 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 go. He's already in the door, dude. And a three. I'm not paying that late fee. You got to pay your late fees, dude. Yeah. You kept the movie for... You never showed up. Kept it for two months. You never showed up. I got to work here. This is my job. I heard you guys got shut down anyway. Not breaking All your actors got killed. Nope. No? Smile. Both of you. No, I... We don't and a one. I got these fangs. Guys, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Listen. Shut up. Um, I need God damn it. from you a performance that's gonna knock my actors' asses off. Okay. It's simple request. And a one and a two. Let's go. Give it to I me. Don't, well, we don't. I don't think we have any Daniel Day-Lewis in. What happened to all the actors anyway? Yeah. It was in the paper. You sort of blew over don't, it. Yeah, don't. you just kind of glossed over. You're going to believe mainstream media? Really? You two? Really? Well, this no. guy's this guy's interesting now. Yeah, this is a turn I did you not know, see coming. That's shame on me for having a stereotype for Look, what you would lean th- politically, this, but this guy I, had I, MSNBC no, written I, all over him. No, oh, absolutely. One, two, three, four. Get those politics out of my door. It's, I paid those guys fairly to write but, a decent review. Okay. What door? You keep referencing a door. Yeah. Listen, you, cheeks. Listen. I paid him. He didn't forget. Sky they failed me. me dude. They failed me by not putting what I told them to put. I'm sure. Pretty sure three or four of these liquid stains are from this guy. Let me tell you something. I that's, was gonna say he's. He if is that's what a fucking to hell. If that's what a fucking suitcase full of tins gets me, never again. All right. Cheeks. What I just. Got? I don't have the energy. Like the. It, the, the neon in here is so bright, it's yeah, taking it out I of me. Love, who did hurts. your lighting here? I might want them as well. It hurts my eyes. Yeah, it's a little. You hurt you, my eyes you said when you, you didn't show a... up. Did, I, got a, per... I got a different theater job. Look, I'm doing, um, what's that, Bat Boy? We're doing a product. The company's making me do it. It's not original. Bat Boy? Yeah, Yeah, we're doing a Batman, Bat thing. You're doing Bat Boy from the National Enquirer? You guys in your newspapers. Did you find him? Did you guys find him? You got the Bat Boy in your newest production? Holy shit. Long dead. Dude, Batman. Don't don't bury the lead when you come in here, dude. I'm ready to see Bat Boy. 
Batman's made up. Here. Bat Boy is real, dude. Bat yeah. Boy is life. Where did this hairy Neanderthal come from? He wasn't Me? here last time. Cheeks uh, was here. That's it. Oh, that's no, right. He was. Wasn't he here? Yeah, I was. Shut here. up. I, I was kind of mid. Here? I was mid turn. I was in the back though. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's a, right. Yeah. A, a U turn and go. Tell us more about the Bat Boy production. Yeah. Tell me more about the performance. I'm going to show my performers to get them off their asses. Okay. What What do you want? Do you want sexy, sultry? I want... Do you want young and phenomenal. vigor? Phenomenal. Phenomenal. So you want, want somebody... I want athletic. I want okay. air humping. Do we have any okay. copies of Phenomenon? Because I think that's what this guy's after. Everybody yeah. hates John Travolta. Hmm. Okay. You want you pageantry? Tell me, you guys are the experts. Hey! Take direction for once in your fucking life and pay attention. Cheeks, you better you better talk to hey, me. Hey! You, you are stepping I'm taking charge here. To be fair. Listen. Pay attention. Are you do you want... Do you want epic? Mm-hmm. Do you want bold? Yeah. Do you want the struggle, the duality of man? Sounds something like I'm supposed to be producing that, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, like who is Bat Boy underneath all of that? Does he choose to be Bat Boy? Was he what happened to Bat Boy's parents? Was he born as Bat Boy? Show up for the show and watch it. Okay. I think I got something for you. All right. We're talking neon. Yep. We're talking street crews. Love it. We're talking little green tubes that turn on machines. We're talking air humps. Yes. We're talking purple faces. Oh, yeah. We're talking badass. Don't ever be afraid of color. Cron, let's give this motherfucker 1995's Batman Forever. This week on 5D Rentals. Welcome to Five Day Rentals, the video store podcast, where each week we take turns picking a flick that we think meets a fun non-genre specific category. We're closing out a round this week, and that round is brainwash, dance category. This week, I finally found an excuse to get this bad boy in here. We're going to 1995, Joel Schumacher's, Schumacher, excuse me, Batman Forever. I'm joined, as always, by my fellow employees here, Laundry Dan and Cron Howard. Guys, how are you? Howdy. Doing great. Doing great. Let's get into it. Where were you when you first saw Batman Forever? Uh, in my living room four days ago. <laughs> this was the first watch for you? I mean, if we're starting, if we're talking start to finish, yeah, I think so. This was a movie wow. I would usually catch about an hour into it on TBS or something. Right. So I don't know if I had ever seen this all the way through. I mean, I might have seen it all the way through in bits and pieces. I got you. 
I'm not sure if I went. I don't think I went to the theater for this. I might have. I remember the McDonald's uh, was very Those frosty mugs, baby. Yeah, I think I had glasses as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the two faced. I think we had all of them because my aunt was a manager for McDonald's and she sent us all of them. Lucky. And I wish I had it today because, yeah, like the handle for Two Face was like his coins, and the Riddler's handle was his little question mark uh, cane there. Yeah. But I I don't know. I might have went and watched it in a the theater. But yeah, I would rent it all the time as growing up. Mm hmm. It was one of those movies my parents were like, yeah, who cares? You can watch Batman. No nudity. Uh, Bones, where were you? I was, I had just moved to Guam. So this came out, uh, I want to say June, June of 95. We moved in the summer. This movies, when they opened, didn't come to the, like the base for a few months. So I didn't see this until probably, I don't know, October or November. I think so it was like it was before I became nerdy enough or conscious enough of like what was being made and hearing news and following that shit. I mean, you know, we're talking pre-internet, so ain't it cool news wasn't out there filling me in. So it was even though you read about all of the like buildup and the marketing and all the other shit that went into this to make it as big as it was, it was sort of lost on me. It was like, Oh my God, there's another Batman movie. How did I not know this? And being as young as I was when Returns came out and being sort of creeped out and bothered by it. Because even as a child, I was like, this isn't a Batman movie. This is a fucking Penguin movie. Um, so this was a huge deal for me, for sure. Because this is like a perfect 10-year-old movie. Yeah. I don't know. I think Returns is a better 10-year-old movie. <laughs> Get that weird penguin out there that's uh, leaking goop all over the place. <laughs> Plus, Jim Carrey was huge at this time. Oh, like, yeah. But And I'm, I, I'm aware of Tommy Lee Jones at this age because of Fugitive and Under Siege. You know, I'm, my parents... They didn't let me watch whatever, but when I got to about seven or eight, it was kind of like, oh, he can watch violence without crying and watch skit, you know, like watch stuff without pissing the bed, you know. I There would be like a, like we'd watch Top Gun and the sex scene would come on and my dad would just go, why do they got to put this in there? So that always makes like a weird association, <laughs> you know. I see boobs on screen, and I just want to go, why is this in here? I was going to say, do you say that now? <laughs> like yeah. When you see. Why? Why, do guys? You guys? Do you guys, um, let's say you're, you know, we're, we're in the holidays right now. This is, it's Black Friday as we record this. Boo. A little peek behind the curtain. When you guys are with family and you're about, like, you know, you're just clicking through Netflix, like, fuck, we got to watch something. Do you guys ever go to the uh, parental guide on IMDb? to make sure there's no awkward nudity or sex. I've just went there to be entertained because some of that shit's hilarious. 
Oh, the way that they word. Yeah. There are approximately two and a half penises shown in the movie. Yeah. One from behind. You can see a right testicle. Yeah. What movie is that? <laughs> Hollow Man. Uh, Hollow Man. <laughs> All right, that's what I thought it was. I don't know. I feel like my family will usually just watch the same twenty movies on a continual loop. That I think I would generally know. Yeah, like eh, that's not good enough. We're not gonna do that. (laughs) Like if I'm back for Christmas, it's probably gonna be Christmas Vacation at some point. Right. Um, It's a Wonderful Life. (laughs) Elf. I'm sure we'll be on somewhere. Man, this is tough. Uh, some tough watches over there at the the house, huh? It's okay, man. <laughs> they just kind of play in the background. And <laughs> I had a watch. It's a Wonderful Life on a plane back from Germany, and I was like, "This movie is so fucking boring." Like it was that and Jingle All the Way, and they just played them twice. I fucking love Jingle all the way. Dude, I fucking love it. It's, it's a bad. wonderful life is a classic day, and I don't know why you're... What's wrong with you? But have you seen it since you were no. 15 years old? Yeah, I've gone and watched it at the Bell Court with Francis. No, no, I'm asking Dan. No, I have not. Like, Maybe I'll give it a chance this this Christmas. You'll probably, you'll probably bust down, dude. Dude, you're, you got you're a heart. You being a family man and all. You got a heart that's two sizes too small, dude. The Grinch was on when I went up there to refill my coffee. Unwatchable. Unwatchable. <laughs> the original animated one. Okay. Because the other one, I'm like, no. I've seen the new one, the new animated one, too. The Jim Carrey Grinch rides this line of, like, the you may as well have gotten, you may as well gotten Terry Gillum to fucking make this movie. That's what the Riddler did after he got out of Arkham. He became the Grinch. Mm -hmm. He fucking destroys this movie. Just. But does he? You could. Yes. If you could write a paper about Jim Carrey's performance in this movie. And he's not the only one. You could write a paper about anything, though. That's true. I'm just saying there's a lot to dissect there. I think Tommy Lee Jones, he's been knocked for this performance. I think he fucking crushes it. I think a lot of his lines are just as good as some of the Riddler shit. I just love that he has to drink from two wine glasses at the same time. Yep, and smoke two cigarettes. Yep, He's two-faced. That's a good idea. Uh, all right. Do you guys have any um, Batman loyalty? Like, do you fall under like a Keaton's my guy, a Bale's my guy, anything like that? Well, I, th- I think the first two Bales are both pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah, the third one's half a movie, but the Keaton ones are pretty nostalgic. Just for, I think I saw like we had a VHS of the original. I think I had both of them actually, but I would just watch. Batman and Batman Returns all the time. Right. I think Burton's my guy. I the Burton-Keaton duo? Yeah, I think so. 
I'm a big returns Which, guy. I like returns a lot. It's just got that. I don't know. It's got like with Catwoman. Catwoman's great. Like they should have continued that. Um, yeah, she's hot as hell, dude. She's feisty as hell, dude. She's looking good. But yeah, I really. I recently watched Return. I think it was this year that I did. Probably the beginning of the year. And I was like, classic. We did it. I showed it to Sam last year in my, you know, adjacent Christmas movie watching. I I spared her a diehard watch, and we did <laughs> Batman Returns. But now that I know The Brain is a Christmas movie, I will add that to the list. And wow. Maniac Cop 2. Maniac Cop 2. You're going to purposefully sit down and watch The Brain again? <laughs> I'm going to put it on and take an edible. (laughs) You should have did that for the podcast. All right. Well, before we get into it, I will um, apologize to you guys. um, For what? For the length of this, potentially. I cannot promise that I'm going to be able to control my tangents, my observations. Um. I think it should be pretty obvious, like there's a number, like a rating, and I ain't going below it, so I think you guys are coming in at an advantage, so I think the trade-off of you kind of being able to score some rate by letterbox points is listening to me drone on, so by all means, so, squeeze those bits in there, but um, so this didn't I'm make going it, to town here. This didn't make you be like, I'm older now, I got a good grasp on this. What a piece of garbage. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about how um, the waves that I've gone about my appreciation and depreciation of this movie. He's well, giving it a and, five. And now in my tenure. He's giving it what, a five. Why do you... I guess what connection do you have with this? Because, I mean, we're not that far apart in age, so I'm sure... Isn't there more nostalgia for the Burton Batmans than this one? There is. Well, I I think in Dan's question of, oh, now that you've watched this older, do I see through the nostalgia at all? What I was going to go on is that I watched this several times since I was a kid. Without trying to give too much away, I was going to talk about the peaks and valleys of my association with this. The big thing was... 1989, like, I remember being four or five years old and my mom giving me a Batman VHS. It's like that symbol, that black VHS is burned into my head. Like, I watch that thing constantly. Then I went to the video store and there's a Batman Returns. I'm like, what is this? And my mom rents and, like, not feeling, like, uh, something's off. Like, as a child realizing, like, oh, this isn't what I liked forgetting about it, still loving the first one, and then forever coming out, being like, uh, Val Kilmer, the fucking ace pilot from Top Gun. Uh, Interesting. Tommy Lee Jones, that awesome cop from that Harrison, or that Han Solo movie that I like. And then fucking Jim Carrey, like the biggest guy on the fucking planet right now. So Funniest guy ever. 
Who, but who on screen, who's funnier than Jim Carrey in this film? And I'm just in general, like it made me think a lot of like Jerry Lewis, like Nutty Professor, like Nutty, like there's these people that are like, you don't get it. Like at the time when Jerry Lewis was at the peak, he was the funniest fucking guy. But now you're like, dude's a sexist fucking asshole, you know? But if you go back and watch some of that shit, you're like, oh, I could see where this blew your mind. I can't, I, to me, I think Jim Carrey is like 94 to 96, man. Who had a higher hit rate? John Nakazano? No. The Pest? Yeah, dude. The Pest. <laughs> Firing on all cylinders. <laughs> Yeah. Might come up on this podcast. <laughs> okay. Yeah, if we did like a uh, the most dangerous game category. Hunting humans. Men, yeah, mun, uh, mun, men being hunted. Pests and bugs. <laughs> yes. A Terminex category. Mm-hmm. All right. Why do you say we fire up this bad signal? Ooh, there he goes. Get into this, buddy. We got it. We do have a Tim Burton production here. Yeah, how much did he get paid to slap his name on the front of this thing? I'm sure quite a bit. He did. He did give Joel Schumacher the approval. I'm. I in my research, I couldn't find anything that Tim Burton really fought for, or. If anything, they had to sort of... They, this definitely was a course correction for Batman Returns. And then some of the stuff that he set up, so... Um, well, but they just and didn't... we'll get to it later. They just didn't like how dark Returns was, right? Wasn't that their whole hang-up? They, they thought didn't he was care too... For a lot of, yeah, and a lot of audiences didn't either. They thought it was too weird. Yeah. From what I've seen, it looks like they were super pissed off that McDonald's pulled out of the... The promos. That was a big thing, too. Yeah. Like, that was their major, like, money cow. And they're like, oh. And then it seems like it just went to the extreme with forever. They're like, oh, yeah, McDonald's is going to be down this time, y'all. We're getting yes. that Big Mac money, baby. I, I mean, think they they maxed out where they could have potentially gone with forever, and then they fucked up, and they went too much with everything with Batman and Robin. Did Returns lose money? I don't think so. It just wasn't as big a hit. Okay. I that, could check the book on the break if you want, but... I feel like that movie was, like, huge, so... I don't know. Yeah, it, it still was, but it didn't have... I think there was a lot of negative word of mouth about it as well. Like, it was... That there was, was such a was huge buildup. Yeah. Well, that was weird, kids. Okay. We get this, it's almost like a Superman-influenced title sequence here with the names of our actors flying through. Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, Chris O'Donnell. Interesting thing here. So this is a technically a continuation in the Burton-verse. Tommy Lee Jones is playing Harvey Dent, which you might remember was played by Billy D. Williams in the first one who had to be bought out of his contract for them to bring in Tommy Lee Jones. 
And Dan, I'm sure in your research you read about the Robin person that had to be purchased or bought out of their contract. Uh, yes. Okay. And then when oh in the in the quote that I sent you guys where Michael Keaton turned down fifteen million dollars to return to this one, Rene Russo had been hired to play the love interest, but when they hired Val Kilmer they thought Rene Russo was too old. Which is a bummer because I fucking love Rene Russo. I would have loved to see her in this. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of what could have been's for this. Yeah. Uh, immediately, you also note the the score is different. We do not have Danny Elfman returning on this. I don't know how you guys feel about the score. I fucking love it. I like Batman and Batman Returns better. Okay, score wise, I'm not a huge Danny Elfman fan, but yeah. what he does for the Batman stuff, I think really works. Yeah, I think the choir stuff and the Christmas and in, in inspiration and returns helps it. But there's a amplification in this one that I really enjoy. I like that scream at the end. I don't know what the fucking instrument even is. There's like a wailing at the end of the score, like the buildup. Um, but we get right to it. We got Batman suiting up. We got shiny gadgets. Uh, Batman walks. He's walking through the Batcave. The Batmobile lifts up in the center. We got an all-new Batmobile. I think it looks remember cool. It? it looks cool as hell, man. H.R. Um, Giger had also designed a Batmobile, which was immediately rejected. If you look up the photos for that you can absolutely see why it was rejected it's nonsense um cool thing i noticed on this uh there's a compass at the bottom they got the the compass on the bottom of where the batmobile lifts up i had never noticed that before um and guys we immediately lead off with a joke can i persuade you to take a sandwich with you sir says alfred this is how we hear Val Kilmer's Batman voice. I'll get drive through. He hops out. He starts cruising into Gotham. Did you see that H.R. Giger? Yeah, I just... Let me see yeah. if I can pull this up. It's like a big X. Yeah, it looks weird as hell, dude. Yeah. It almost looks like... Uh, it reminds me of... You guys remember League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Nemo's automobile. I would have went with that. that. I would have went. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it looks like an alien Batmobile yes. or something. Batman in space. Oh, I wish. All right. We're speeding into Gotham. Um, Gotham is just as tall, but it's even, I think, more amped up. It's It's more gothic. I don't know how you could do that. Um, Schumacher brought a lot of giant fucking statues to his Gotham. The more statues, the better. Yep. Uh, Schumacher got to start as like a window dresser, I think, for like Macy's or like big department stores. That was like his his visual training was in that. All right, we're at the second bank of Gotham. Harvey Dent is flipping a coin. Why is there such a big crowd outside for this? 
there's a shot of like a crowd of people all looking up at the building. But yeah. as far as I could tell, like they've not blown out the side of the building yet. So it's literally just like a thousand people looking up at a skyscraper where all the action's happening inside. Cron, it's the same issue we're dealing with in today's world. That 24-hour newscast of GNN. Mm-hmm. The only difference was if this was now, half the crowd would have their cell phones pointed up at the bank. Yeah, that's true. You know, filming, filming shit. It's Gotham. There's nothing to do but see crime. You're either getting crimed on or you're watching crime. And you you want to see Batman. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they're just hoping Batman will show up and they'll get a and free this, show. And this Batman does not hide. They have the, they have a meeting right on the street. Um, all right, so we're inside. Harvey Dent, he's flipping a coin. You're counting on the winged Avenger, or Avenger to save you, my friend. He starts flipping. He is monologuing to a tied-up security guard. One man is born a hero, his brother a coward. Babies starve, politicians grow fat, holy men are martyred, and junkies grow legion. Why? Why, 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 why? Luck. Blind, stupid, simple, doodah, clueless luck. Harvey Dent turns his head to reveal his purple, fucked-up face. And this, my fellas, is also where we start the counter of things that Heath Ledger Joker did that Harvey Dent also did in Batman Forever. So, exposing your fucked-up face during a monologue to somebody in a bank. It's number one. There's a few more things that I counted. You guys uh, like this two-faced outfit? Love it. It's kind of... It's so stupid looking. (laughs) It's one half professional business suit, one half, I don't know, Walmart pajamas? Flintstone. Wild Mm -hmm. animal. Disco. Disco, yeah. Yeah. I think there's some cheetah in there. Mm. I don't know. There's bone steel... That's a cowboy boot. How uncomfortable would that yeah. be, wearing one cowboy boot? <laughs> I think this really inspired um, Stallone and his Expendables get up. All the bones and like skulls and shit. All right, Two Face. He's taunting this guard. Uh, he's going to decide his fate with the the classic coin toss. Uh, it's in his favor, though. Another day of wine and roses. Or, in your case, pizza and beer. Throws the guy into a uh, vault. I thought you'd let me live. Oh, yeah, but nothing better than live bait to trap a bat. Throws the guard in the vault and locks it up. We get an awesome like comic book. It's my favorite shot of the movie of Batman swinging in to meet with Gordon. Uh, Gordon's there with Dr. Chase Meridian. This is Nicole Kidman. We get an immediate kind of, you know, sexy battle back and forth of wits with Kidman and Kilmer here. Um, They're really just catching us up on Two-Face as we have not in this movie seen his, um, you know, that's the word I'm looking for, his incident which created him. So Um, They they really kind of waste Gordon in this movie. He's like a non-character. Yeah. He's just a dude that flips on the bat signal. Yeah, yeah. that's that's all he does. Like, his biggest trait is that he's overweight 
and he's the guy that turns on the bat signal. Yeah. But and I feel like he's in that in all four of these movies. Yeah, I was trying to like because I just come back for Batman and Robin. I'm. I, it's been so long. I know Alfred is definitely in it. Alfred gets like you know pretty big plot point thing in Batman and Robin. I yeah, I guess I would. Years. I was kind of just comparing this to the Nolan, where they do so much with Gordon. That I was like, yeah. damn, like this Gordon is like non-existent. Yeah, I think that's probably more a fault of the Burton Batman, how they set Gordon up. You know, they they don't set him up comic book wise, where he's sort of an ally. It's not till the end of it where he's an ally. Mm-hmm. But in Returns, he's got that great scene where he's like walking with the mayor next to him while Batman's walking down the snowy street. I think that's like their their only interaction. Uh, Kidman is just immediately turned on by Batman. Uh, she fucks up and says something about dressing up like a giant rodent. Kilmer steps forward. Bats aren't rodents, Doctor Meridian. She can't. Oh, she's fucking juicy, right <laughs> off the bat here. Horny as hell. Horny as hell. Let's start this party with a bang. A racking ball just crushes through the wall. Two Face sends his goons. Uh, to the elevator. Uh, now, how uncomfortable pu- would it be to be a goon for Two Face? Oh, all that shit in your mouth and face and shit. Yeah. yeah. It's like this is the shit I gotta wear. I'm sorry. And no, I'm yeah. not getting another piercing. Not to mention he, yeah, he has no uh, qualms with just shooting the shit out of you or throwing you into something. Maybe like the other villains are only paying you a flat rate though, and Two Face gives you a cut of of the take. Yeah, hopefully. So you, so you put up with all that shit for. It's a good ROI. Yeah, yeah. there's profit sharing involved. Mm-hmm. He's the guy at Chachkis. You need more flair. <laughs> um. Yeah, he sends them. The elevator is obviously coming up. They think Batman's in it. They run over. They shoot the shit out of it before the doors open. But Batman still pops out. We immediately see a much more acrobatic Batman in this uh, in this fight scene. He's got some cool gadgets as well. Um, Batman disposes. I think it's like five or six guys. He takes them out. Uh, also, the Dutch angles and the score are immediately reminiscent of the 60s TV show. So you know exactly, like, okay, this thing is not taking itself very serious. We also like got it, sound effects. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman hops in the vault with the kidnapped guard. It's a trap. The vault door closes. The vault is pulled out by a helicopter line. Uh, it's now flying over Gotham. Two-Face and his goon are flying the helicopter. They're flying towards Gotham Harbor. Uh, Batman, he uses the security guard's hearing aid to unlock the safe, which for some reason has a combination lock on the inside of it. Yeah. Also, this security guard has glasses and a hearing aid. And I know you're not allowed to discriminate against people for those kinds of things, but you might want to get a more abled-bodied security guard for your bank. Yep. My note was they found the George Costanza of security guards. Yes. Mm -hmm. And this, yeah, this actor is definitely leaning into the, hey, like, 
they're really amping that up. So, and then when so when Batman pops the hearing aid out, it literally like pops out. That's my hearing aid. And then he takes a second to thank you, which I fucking love. So, uh, some of the safe deposit boxes in the safe they pop open, and now we're getting boiling acid into the vault. Two Face starts monologuing again over the speaker. He's talking about this is the same or the very same acid that made us the men we are today. Um, it's starting to boil the security guard's shoes. You know, he gets a good line read of boiling acid. Mm-hmm. So, in case you, a 10 year old kid, don't know, this is boiling fucking acid. Um, Batman gets the, uh, the safe cracked. He pops open the door. He gets the security guard up on top of the vault using his back uh, grappling hook, shoots through a, uh, a wall on some building, connects that to the vault, uses a little cutter, cuts the chain, manages to get the vault to swing right back into the original hole that it was pulled out of with the security guard riding on top. Batman starts climbing up the chain. The helicopter is now flying much faster. Um, Two-Face takes the helicopter through a billboard. He thinks that Two-Face or Batman is dead, but Batman is up. He's up on the front of the helicopter now. Two-Face shoots through his own guy trying to shoot Batman. Did you guys notice that the um, helicopter is piloted with a steering wheel? No, I, I, didn't. I was more confused I, on how you drop down from the top of a helicopter. It's like clunk. You got to time those blades just right, I guess. Yeah. Good I, thing. Good thing Landis I, wasn't I, directing I, this bad boy, huh? Oh shit. <laughs> uh, still the most fucked up video I've ever seen in my life. Do not seek it out. Um, yeah. So. They're heading towards, I guess, I think it's called Lady Gotham. It's basically their Statue of Liberty. Batman manages to get in. They fight a little bit. Um, But by the time Batman realizes that they're flying into the statue, Two-Face yells, have the good sense to die, jumps out, parachutes away. Batman's able to jump right out. Sweet dive into the water. We got the next morning. We get a little radio or or news clip talking about how Wayne Tech or Wayne Enterprises now started a you know record setting profit share with the um, electronic section of of Wayne Enterprises I do like this more so returns has a little bit of the Bruce Wayne corporate shit you know like with him and Max Shrek and all of that I do like how fast they get into the Wayne Enterprises stuff here I do always like that element of not forgetting that he also is living this double life and Wayne Enterprises would be a huge fucking thing for Gotham. So you got Wayne and his assistants. Did you guys notice John Favreau mm-hmm. as one of the non-speaking assistants? Literally just standing there the whole time. Um, and then also his uh, um, African-American assistant, she pops up. Um, she's in Batman and Robin later on she plays like a scientist so she might be one of schumacher's friends or something anyway one of uh, we got a and- schumacher trying to make right on what he pretty much paid out for people yeah. not to be in his film 
Um, so Jim Carrey's playing Edward Nigma. The first thing we learn about this guy is that he's fucking obsessed with Bruce Wayne. His workstation is a mess. Just littered with a fucking smut wall to Bruce Wayne. So you cranked you cranked to this wall? Me? Yeah. No. All right. Why'd you, why'd you wink? This isn't the part of the movie I cranked. <laughs> so you cranked pretty, during this movie? Well, I got cranked. All right, all right. This, mm-hmm. Did you dress? Me and a few people got together and... I You put that Batman mask on and you cranked mm-hmm. yourself and you called it being cranked. You know where I cranked. It's pretty obvious. All right. All right. Um, yeah, this guy's obsessed with Bruce Wayne. Uh, Ed Bagley Jr. is playing uh, like the head of this department, Fred Stickley. I think they he sh- greets, should have got what? Treat Williams to play this role. Dude, Treat Williams. Fuck yeah, dude. He could have played Harvey Dent, actually. Damn, what might have been. I, I wasn't trying to move him up too much, but I thought he definitely could have handled this Ed, Ed Bagley Jr. role. Absolutely. True Williams might be my my Lithgow for you, where I'm like, how do I get this guy in here? Yeah, damn it. it used to be Brian Cranston for a while. A few years ago, Brian Cranston was my my guy. Like, well, how, why is this guy not in every fucking movie? And then it started to feel like he was in every movie. And I thought, all right, tone it down. Tone it down. All right. It's pretty obvious that Fred Stickley is trying to keep Bruce Wayne away from Ed. They're... Uh, as they're doing this inspection, he tries to blow past Ed's workstation. Um, Nigma, he doesn't stop. He fucking rolls right up, introduces himself to Bruce Wayne. They have an awkward handshake. Um, he wants to present his new invention. Uh, he says, I've been trying to meet you. Or he says, actually, we've never met, but you hired me. Your name was on the hiring slip. Um, I still have it. It's very awkward. So he goes and grabs his new invention. Um, oh, it, this is the uh, what's on your mind, Edward. And then the exactly what's on all our mind. Brain waves. And he runs out. He comes out with his uh, invention. It's a blender full of crystal meth. Mm-hmm. Um, he says it will beam. It beams any TV signal directly into the human brain. Now, uh He's basically just trying to invent a 3D TV. And an actual 3D TV seems a lot less complicated than this contraption. Well. I think he says it at one point later on. My 3D yeah. TV. Yeah, he calls it my 3D TV. Yeah. But I don't know. if you All you had to do was turn. You can turn any TV into 3D TV with that box on it. That's easier than putting on those fucking glasses. No, it's not. <laughs> Putting on glasses is way easier. But the box is always there. You just Once the box is set up. Yeah, but if somebody told me like, hey, you can either wear these glasses like an idiot, or you can wear you can put this box on your TV that'll scramble your brain waves up. Yeah, I'm signing up for the box, dude. Alright. I you just you can't lay down and watch 3D with the glasses. At least I never could. I'm not a glasses wearer, so. It's got lasers? Yeah, man. 
throw it in here. If you could just beam it into my shit, yeah. All right. It'll beam any TV signal directly into the human brain, manipulating brain waves. Um, Bruce immediately realizes that the invention is just unsafe. He kind of, he's trying to play polite to him, but uh, as he notices the bat signal through the window, he realizes he needs to get out of there. Um, he says, Ed, send my assistant some, some stuff. We'll talk about it. Ed says, this isn't going to work for me. I need an answer right now. Um, Bruce turns him down, says, I'm sorry. It just raises too many questions. You know, mind manipulation. Uh, can't do it. So Bruce takes off. This is where you get the first little, uh, you were supposed to understand. I'll make you understand. So this guy's a fucking psycho. Uh, Bruce heads into his office. Uh, this is fucking great. He's got a secret chute that yeah. leads directly into the fucking bat cave. I don't know. I thought this was kind of lame. I mean, oh man, this is... it's hard to look cool going down a slide, dude. I mean, <laughs> I did. This is dangerous. Cause Why? Because this word to shoot him down the slide is chair. Chair. Like what is somebody? But you gotta. <laughs> But you got to say it that way, though. It's not like, hey, I'm sitting down in my chair. He, There's a whole sequence. He says, like, door, lock, chair. They're in there having a meeting, and they're like, yeah, did you order those 42 chairs for the... Uh, <laughs> Shit, where'd Bruce go? Yeah. The fuck? So this dude's cruising 200 miles an hour through this fucking tunnel. He talks to Alfred on the way. It's all the signal, sir. All is ready. Um, He gets up to the signal. turns out Dr. Meridian, she's there with some lingerie. She's activated the signal. She wants to, she's come up with some BS excuse. She's Um, looking good, dude. Look good as hell, dude. Um, She talks about, oh, I noticed something about Two-Face. He really likes that coin. He's like, yeah, no this shit. Is that like a video game? Like when you've gone like you've gone through the same thing six different times and you're like, I don't know where to go, and then eventually like a your companion character will say like something about the coin, I think. Yeah. yeah. This is why you called me. The bet signal is not a beeper. And then I'm thinking, it is kind of a beeper though. Like I, mean, I guess he, he's saying in like the booty call sense, like she gots to know that she's fucked up, right? I mean, like, she is like a psychiatrist, psychiatrist who's definitely down to fuck a guy who dresses like a bat. So. Yeah, exactly. And, that's and but all yeah, she she, she straight up admits it later. Yeah. When, at the house, she's like, "Listen, I I used to be attracted to a certain type of guy, the wrong type of guy." Like this yeah. is some deep internet shit before like it even started. Furries and shit like that, and like, this, oh, you mean like kink, kink acceptance or yeah, something? She's, yeah, she's got the fetish going on. It's the car, right? Chicks love the car. Try fireman, less to take off. Doctor Meridian, she's just putting these fucking moves on. She even hints at at Catwoman. She says something like, "What is it? Do I need skin tight vinyl and a whip?" Yes, you do. Uh, yep. So Commissioner Gordon, he runs up. He uh, interrupts the whole thing. He's in his PJs. Batman dives off. Uh, his the the Batmobile is like hidden, 
kind of in this freeway, like underneath this box. He's, you know, he drops in. He's in the seat. Women. Really, really one of one of Batman's greatest gifts is just the ability to end any conversation you don't want to be a part of anymore immediately. <laughs> yes, and he does it to her in the beginning, the first time he meets her. She's like before he goes up to fuck with Two Face. She's mm-hmm. like, "Do I call you Batman or can I just call you Bats?" And she turns around and yeah, he's fucked off. I do enjoy that in uh, The Dark Knight Rises when Catwoman does it to him and he turns around and he's like, so that's how that feels. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good part of that three hour movie. (laughs) Uh, Edward working in the lab. You got to do it with like a cup. Let me finish this water and I'll do it later. Um, Ed's working in his lab. Sparks are flying. Too many questions. Too many questions. I'll show you it works. And he starts... He's fucking up the photos in his booth and shit. Ed's boss, Fred Stickley, he busts in. What the hell is going on here? (laughs) That's it. I'm getting security. And uh, Ed runs up behind him and knocks him out with a coffee mug. Caffeine will kill you. Ed pokes Fred awake. He's strapped to a chair. He's got the blender on his head. Edward, you flip that switch. And which one this? And he flips the switch. He's watching fucking Bassmasters. Um, shit's 3D in front of him. He's just lost his shit. Um, Edward is like, he can't believe it. He's so excited. But uh, sadly, he starts losing some power. And Kron, what does he start to lose here? When he loses the power? Yeah, he says, losing resolution. Yeah, losing resolution. I did write that down. Yeah. (laughs) Just like... Call back to our Hollow Man. Yeah, Brolin and Hollow Man. Uh, Losing resolution, more power. So he cranks it up. When he cranks this up, the green zap that was originally just going from the box to Fred's head is now bouncing back and also hitting Ed. So Ed is now... He's starting to suck up Fred's brain. Um, he is losing his shit. Uh, he starts, I mean, this is your money right here. This is what you pay fucking Jim Carrey for is this particular scene. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, riddle me this Fred. That's where he says that he starts singing a little song. I'm sucking up your IQ vacuuming cortex feeding off your brain. Starts dancing around a little bit. Starts going on about how he's a genius. No, several geniuses. A gaggle, a swarm, a flock of frickin' Freuds. He finally turns off the switch. Fred comes back. What is this? Ed explains that the side effect of his 3D TV was that he was able to uh, basically suck off his mind and get smarter. Fred yells, it is brain manipulation. Uh, Ed starts pushing Fred down the hall uh, towards the big giant window at the uh, end of the hallway he busts out it's a little fake out here when ed runs down like you know hang on runs down and then pops the blender thing off the top of fred's head this releases him from uh anything holding him back and he fucking dives off surfs up big kahuna uh we got wayne and 
and Alfred, they're watching TV. This is where GNN is explaining Harvey Dent's creation. So we get this little flashback to Harvey Dent, district attorney in court, and one of um, some organized crime thug throws some acid at Harvey Dent. We get this little awkward courtroom shot of Batman trying to run out midday and save him. But the two-face comes from the fact that Harvey Dent was able to put a folder in front on one side of his face, leaving only one side scarred, but this fucks up his psyche, thus giving us the criminal mastermind of Two-Face. Commissioner Gordon, he calls uh, to report that there has been an accident at Wayne Enterprises. Bruce shows up to the office. We got Bruce and Commissioner Gordon there investigating. They get some video footage, but while they're they're how looking you, up the... How did they get that video footage? It's like literally Ed Begley Jr. like running down the hall, and he just jumps out the window. Well, that's Edward that's Ed is so smart. Yeah. So while they they go to say like, oh, they're a video, or the security footage will be back here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, screaming and shit. So Ed is crying to a detective... This detective, this Asian-American guy, is also in Batman and Robin as one of the scientists. So I've seen these movies a lot. So Ed is fucking doing a sob story, um, talking about how he's only worked here for two years, but he loved Fred. He was like a brother, or a father, a brother, a cousin that visited all the time. He holds up a uh, suicide note that he says that uh, is... You know, is it's in his penmanship, and you'll also notice that it resembles his sentence structure and spelling. Um, then they show the video footage of him just arms wide open, running out, crashing through the window, and then Gordon reads the note. It's basically to who it may concern. Goodbye, crew world. I thought that was uh, funny. The fact that yes. he says all that stuff about like the sentence structure and everything. And yes, then you see it, and it's just like two sentences basically. Yes. And Gordon just goes, yep, pretty cut and dry. Definitely <laughs> suicide. Like, yeah. But we're led to believe that the Riddler is now so smart, he's able to manipulate this video footage and, um, you know, recreate the handwriting. Bruce and his assistant, they go into the office. Bruce says, you know, I want him to have full benefits, yada, yada. He's a great boss. Uh, they find the first of our riddles. You guys remember what this riddle was? Uh, it's the, the clock. something on, yeah, something on my face, but. Yeah. If you look at the numbers on my face, you won't find 13 any place. Um, and this is where, you know, you referenced, I think pre-record we were talking about the, the music and the soundtrack of this. We get some, uh, flaming lips, right? Yep. As we see Edward's little simple apartment building full of all sorts of carnival shit little green men now i was thinking based on the size of that apartment because it's so narrow that he might be living at the top of the stairs in that house from the brain (laughs) because that room he's in is narrow dude yep you put like you get your full wingspan and you're touching both walls yeah you know he's a scientist he should be making pretty good coin right i mean it's all going into wayne's pocket dude 
Yeah. But I feel like I never understood nobody spends money like a nerd. You know, like a hardcore geek that is just seems to just have disposable income and I I feel like that's probably what he's dropping all his cash into. I guess you know, I, these weird little trinkets and shit and I guess I honestly felt like this room was like a this isn't even like his actual apartment. This is just another place that he rents to go do whatever the hell he's doing. That would be a cool touch. Because there's yeah. no bed in there. I thought it looked cool. I mean. Oh, it looks cool as hell. It's scary as hell. I mean, I don't like it, but. No robot. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, we see him in his little. Uh, little space he's making another riddle smart enough to uh also manipulate video footage and handwriting but also just does not wear gloves while putting together a uh, creepy ass riddle all sorts of dna and shit all over that riddle um cut to bruce he's pulling out uh i don't didn't look up the type of car but he's got a sweet little you know, convertible coupe that he pulls up. He's at Dr. Meridian's office. As he's walking down the hall to her office, he starts to hear a struggle, a woman groaning. He uh, he busts in into action and ends up knocking down her door. Turns out she's just doing a little bit of exercise, hitting the heavy bag. That door is like 20 feet tall, too. Yeah. Solid wood. Yeah. Yeah. So to knock that thing down by hitting it from the bottom... He's generating a shit ton of force. Like you, you know, to really get some purchase on it, you you might want to jump up eight feet. Just showing you how fucking strong Val Kilmer is. <laughs> um, sorry, I have an appointment. I'm Bruce Wayne. Good. Then you can afford to buy me a new door. Uh, he shows the riddles to Doctor Meridian. She answers the first one like she's a fucking smartass. Clock. Um. Then this is where we reveal the... Well, we saw him making it, but the second one is uh, uh, rip me off and scratch my head. What once was red is black instead. Is this the one where he takes the moped to Wayne's house? Yeah, that's how he... Fence? Yeah, that's how he delivers yes. it. Okay. Yeah, sorry. That's right. So after he makes the riddle... I blew I blew over that talking about the DNA and shit. But yeah, he rides his little moped out there, and he get we get the little we get a bit of the Jim Carrey lisp that comes through when he says Theathune, and then rides off. Yeah, wouldn't he be on camera? No, yeah, but only, he could manipulate it. Only Wayne Enterprises has cameras. Wayne Manor mm-hmm. does apparently not. Yeah, because this exact same spot, a car full of goons drop him into face off later. And no proximity alarm goes off. Yes. Um, yeah, so they go... He's back and forth with Dr. Meridian. He's basically just trying to... I think... No, I know. I'm positive that this is just Bruce following up with Meridian. Like, he wants to sort of get to know her outside of being Batman. And this is a good excuse. Because she doesn't really tell him anything he doesn't know. Um Stalker is a wacko. Wacko, is that a technical term? Uh, he sees an inkblot test on her wall. He says, you have a thing for bats. 
She says, no, that's an ink blot. People see what they want. Question is, do you have a thing for bats? I'm sorry. That looked like a fucking bat. That was a leading. Mm-hmm. That couldn't look more like a bat if you tried. Yeah. Well, so. also when they're discussing these riddles and she says, I think the letter writer is a total wacko. It's like, I don't have a PhD in psychiatry and I could have probably mm-hmm. got to that conclusion too. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, he notices she's got this little black and white doll. It's a Malaysian dream warden. Uh, what was that smirk for? These are the intricate notes that I take. We don't um, need this. Thing. Yeah, why is that even in the movie? Honestly, why? this, I, all of this stuff, I think they're trying. They're obviously trying to add a little bit more depth to the duality of everything, and I think it's a prompt for her because she, when he's holding it up and looking at it, she even says like, you look so sad. I th- it think it's just good things to tie in later, but does chase I didn't turn know out to be anybody in the Batman universe? Like later on? No, I thought I she was created specifically for this. I don't think she's a, okay. I was wondering comic. that too. I was like, yeah, I thought I remembered her maybe in the animated show, but I, like I said, I didn't go back and, do that research no. so are you guys asking like why do we need the doll or why do we need this interaction it's kind of a I thought like, the stuff with the doll because it pops up two or three times in this movie and every time they go to it I was like why is this even here he doesn't reference back to it or anything and then I guess she gives him one later on but yeah yeah we already know they're gonna fall in love we don't need some weird voodoo doll. Well, I mean, this is a big duh. The big thing of this movie is the duality of people, of each person, right? Like each of our five main characters are dealing with some sort of duality issue. And to me, I think that it might be a little much. I think you could get away with just the ink blot, Like you could end it there. Like, you have a thing for bats. You don't necessarily need the dream thing. But dreams or visions, they needed something to connect that for them to have that discussion. Because he then later brings up, he, you know, all the repressed memories that he's having. Do I think you could cut that in this version? Absolutely. Now, there is rumor to be like a three-hour darker Schumacher cut that exists out there. Jesus Christ. That I would love to see. Should, yes. Should be coming. Yes. Which I think it's a bummer that it wouldn't come out while he was still alive. So he, he could have gotten some of that. I think some of that heat could maybe come off of him. You know, I think he gets knocked for it being so goofy and such a pageant that if we were able to see this cut and say like, oh, he actually tried to make a real serious dark one and they cut it down and the only thing that still existed was the shit to sell toys. But I still... They, they, no, there's more, I think, of the weird psychological stuff up front, especially with Bruce and his past. And I think it does better work here than it does in the previous two. I think there's some interesting stuff with him and Catwoman, you know, the, oh no, do we have to fight now? The way that their relationship sort of works, but I can't imagine. I like all this stuff. I can't imagine there being a darker take on this because 
even if there's another hour, like the two that we're presented with are pretty goofy in a way. Like it takes more of the like sixties approach to Batman than a more serious tone. He only takes that sixties approach with his villains. Really? I don't think Batman's any cornier than Keaton's. Oh, I think he's a big cornier for sure. I guess yeah. drive through, he, but I mean I don't know. The don't smile, know. the women, yeah, a lot more puns. Like he's he leans into it. He knows what he's doing. But Schumacher, he even talked about how um it wasn't necessarily the T V series he was inspired by, but it was the era like post war where it was super colorful. So he was trying to he was actually trying to mesh the two of these colorful comics that I remember like while the interesting thing about Batman was that he was a dark guy, but he lived in this and could exist in this colorful universe. Well, that's why all the cars are like older and all that stuff in this movie. Yeah. And that's also a Burton thing that there's a few of those Burton things that carry over that, that he influenced that I think you now just immediately associate with Batman. And then the animated series, which was impacted by that too. Okay. Bruce says, man, I really got to get you out of those clothes. And she's like, what? And he says, and into a black dress. Tell me, doctor, do you like the circus? Circus. Oh, baby. Cut to the hippodrome. Did you guys notice the lisp, like the weird cut on Circus? Nah. I think I think they put together like three or four tracks. So instead of saying Circus, it comes out Thirketh. Um, the Hypnodrome. We got a charity circus in town. Uh, Bruce comes in. He's with Dr. Chase Meridian. He's immediately hounded by the media. Yeah, the media at the circus. <laughs> First off, if a rich-ass dude was taking me to the fucking circus, I'd be like, no, guy. No, not a charity circus, but it's a charity circus. The hounds of press down at the circus. <laughs> it's a charity circus, though. I mean, All it's right, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's for charity, Cron. Well, yeah. I'm sure we'll get there in a second, but the Riddler is also watching this on TV on GNN. You guys know every year when the circus comes on TV, how everyone in America is glued to the set. I don't know if there was, I don't know, maybe not. Cause I feel like cele- there's like two types. There's like the mogul influencers that would want all this shit to be on TV. And then the real rich, powerful people, you know, they don't want their shit televised. Yeah. Just saying like if fucking Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and a bunch of other people went to a fucking circus, Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in the back, though, right? Mm-hmm. Sitting at the kids' table. He doesn't want you yeah. to know that he's at the circus. Yes, he's doing face painting. All right. We got the Flying Graysons, guys. These acrobats, they start doing their show. Some great trapeze. We got some slow motion. We got some awesome in-camera stunts. It must I think be look, great because they are pretty on good. the edge of their seats when this is going on. Oh, yeah. Well, it is being televised, so you got to look good. 
uh, Bruce, he invites a doctor out right, uh, rock climbing. Uh, she starts going, she's a little sketchy. No, I'm sorry. Like, I want to, but I met someone. Uh, she says, I think he felt it too. And Bruce lets out, oh, he did. She goes, excuse me? And he goes, I mean, who wouldn't, right? <laughs> Women love that shit. All right, the ringleader, he comes out. He says, the youngest flying, Grayson, Richard. He's going to do the death drop without the safety of a net. Holy shit. So uh, while they're setting this thing up, the ringleader, he steps, uh, steps out. He is immediately kidnapped. We get uh, Dick Grayson. He does the death drop, which is basically, I don't know, a 720 with some spins in it. And his dad catches him. It's pretty sweet. Um, oh, shit. Two-Face. He's hijacked the circus. His goons come around with guns. They take out those those fucking ripped-ass dudes that were playing the drums up at the top. Uh, Two-Face has a whole, you know, Ringling Brothers, or what's his name? The Greatest Showman get up on. Barnum and Bailey? There you go. Uh, so this is live on TV, like Kron was saying. The Riddler, or Edward, he is at home just eating popcorn, loving this shit. Yeah, even circus night. Yeah, cancel your plans. <laughs> the circus is on. Yeah. Uh, Two Face. He says this. We're calling this massacre under the big top. He's got a big ass ball filled with two. That's two hundred sticks of dynamite. Um, they start lifting this thing up into the air. Seems, Basically, seems to be his mo just to lift stuff up with a. Mm-hmm. He loves modern engineering, man. That's how Gotham was made with these with these cranes. Ah, they can't get to it if it's in the air. I th- that's the thought, right? Is like if it's floating midair, like nobody can get to it. But what he forgot about was the goddamn flying Graysons. So Two Face says he wants Batman. Even says, "Hell, odds are one of you motherfuckers is Batman." Batman's got two minutes to uh, show himself. Crowd starts losing their shit. They're screaming. Bruce stands up and yells, "Harvey!" I'm Batman. Yeah, just like an asshole. But he can't just hear him. Yeah. Stands up and yells it. <laughs> yeah. For everyone to um, hear. Yep. What nobody does. Not even what's her name sitting right next to him. Yeah. Uh, the Graysons, they step into action. The mom's like, we can stop him. Let's get this. So they send uh, Richard to go get the bomb while the rest of the Graysons, they start swinging around kicking people's asses. Uh, Dick manages to get the bomb. He unclips it. He pulls it up through the top of the dome and throws it off the edge. Unfortunately, Two-Face has seen the rest of the Flying Graysons kicking ass. He flips a coin, and the decision leads to him shooting the other three Graysons where they fall to their death. Um, Bruce looks on as Dick's head, you know, he kind of pops over um, the top to see his parents sitting there. So quite the bummer but at this point two-face and the rest of his goons they've taken off we cut to the next day we're at wayne manor commissioner gordon he brings dick out uh to the wayne compound he's hoping that bruce will put dick up for a while um uh dick waits for the cop to leave then admits that uh you know he's running away and he's going to go after two-face basically he was just kind of playing possum for a little bit because he knew that, you know, social services and all this other shit would get involved. So, um, but he appreciates he appreciates it, but he's taken off. So, 
Bruce says, you know what, that's fine, but uh, there's not a gas station for miles. Why don't you fill up in the garage? Uh, we get there, and it's like a fucking Jay Leno garage. He's got all <laughs> sorts of cars and fucking motorcycles. Uh, Dick's impressed by these two particular motorcycles that he's got. You know, They only made 100 of these, 101 actually. Holy shit, you got two of them. Yeah, this one doesn't run. Throttle sticks on that one. Actually, if somebody were to you know fix these up for me, they could keep one as payment. Then Alfred comes in with a sweet-ass fucking hamburger and a glass of milk. Just and, like Joss uh, would do. Shit, yeah. Got a whole plate of sandwiches laid out for everybody. Can you imagine the chips <laughs> in the pantry at Wayne Manor? They probably God, got damn. a whole, just an entire pantry dedicated to chips, dude. Be like the chip aisle. Mm-hmm. It'd be fucking awesome. All right. Uh, but Bruce, you know, he's playing it fucking coy, like, well, nice to see you. Well, have fun. And at this point, Dick's reluctant, but he accepts it, like, oh, shit, okay. So he runs after uh, Alfred with the uh, the burger. Let me see if the dogs are hungry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce, he has a little bit of a flashback in the study. We get a cut to the, the night that his parents were shot, um, then the could- night of the wake. We couldn't have cut this too. I mean, there's it's yes. every single Batman movie. We get yes. a flashback to his parents getting shot outside the opera. It's not a real Batman movie if the pearls don't slow mo fall to the ground, Kron. I feel like this one at least gets that over with, though. Like it does focus more on the afterward. You I, know, I guess. I guess if it's just meant to be like a continuation of the Burton right. thing, it's like well. Can't we just assume people have watched part one already? Well, so there was a thing that they cut from this. So in the red book, the last entry from his dad is me and Martha wanted a quiet night at home, but Bruce really wanted to go to the movies. So there's a guilt element that when he read that, that and it's one of the reasons that he you know locks it away is more guilt on him of, he was the one that wanted to go watch. I think it's something of Zorro. I killed my parents. And, yeah. Um. So he cuts to that, and then he he's also tripping, uh, thinking about what just happened with Two Face and Dick's parents, and he slips out like I killed them. Alfred snaps him out of it like you said I killed them. Um. Night and day mean nothing in this fucking movie because it was three in the afternoon. A minute ago when Dick showed up, but now it's dark enough for the bat signal. So this gets him snapped out of it. Alfred helps uh, Dick settle in. Dick explains the story of the Robin that's painted on his helmet. He tells a story about when he uh, dove in one time to save his brother. He wants Alfred to throw away his circus uniform, but Alfred just puts it in a drawer. Broken wings heal in time. Batman, he's cruising through fucking Gotham. He's got two-faced goons trailing behind him, like two... um, They always have like a souped-up-looking truck or souped-up-looking van, which always look pretty cool. Um, A little old lady with like a little cart starts to cross the street. It doesn't take very long to realize that, oh, this is fucking Two-Face with a rocket launcher. Say what you will about this movie, but... I love the fact that they really do 
speed through the two-face introduction like he just is there and you get three scenes with him trying to just fucking kill batman like baiting him and trying like you get a bank sequence you get the circus sequence and then you get this thing i think it's fucking awesome like it's not like his just like i want to fucking kill batman is like that mo is definitely solid in this um so he pulls out a fucking rocket launcher but luckily, the Batmobile has the ability to just fucking sideswipe. Uh, he duh, duh, dodges a rocket. One of the other goons' truck blows up. Um, Two Face hops in the other one, and then here we go. Here's another Heath Ledger Joker Two Face similarity. Uh, when he hops in the truck, he says, "Thank you, we'll drive," and kicks the driver out of the way. They chase um, Batman down an alley. Batman uses a giant grappling hook that shoots out of the top of the or front, the front of the car and a rocket boost to lift the car up like 45 degrees, shoot the grappling hook up onto the top of this building, and then sl- like fl- basically flies and slides up to the side of the building, then using the rocket boost and the grappling hook is able to drive straight up a fucking building. It's a nice little nod to the TV series as well because you see the um, apartment windows and the people standing in them, which was, if you remember from the 60s TV show, they would have like celebrities pop out the side of the building and and when they were climbing up. Um, So he hits his rocket boost right as like the two-faced goons hit the end of the the alleyway, blows up like two of the vans. Two-faced gets out of... The explosion, luckily, and then just looks up and screams. This was a great trailer shot. I remember as a kid that was probably in fucking McDonald's commercials as well. Get uh, a Big Mac. <laughs> yeah. Check out the Two-Face. Yep. We cut to Nigma's apartment. He is on a computer. Um, he is looking at different costumes and aliases. He goes through... Did you guys write these down? Captain Kill, the Green Phantom. Uh, it's he starts with the Puzzler, um, and every time he asks this, he's got like a fortune teller sort of machine in the corner. Um, he starts with the Puzzler. He gets a no. The Gamester. He gets a no. Captain Kill. He gets a no. Question mark Man. He gets a yes. Oh shit. Um, thank you, thank you so much. And he starts typing away. More of these oh, uh, 90s computers that can just do anything, <laughs> like can model different outfits. We can build a invisibility sequence on them. Mm-hmm. Was Clueless out by this time? Doesn't she have, at the beginning of Clueless, like she's got that computer program that will match her clothes for her to tell her like what looks good? Uh, well, it's, it's an improvement, Kron, instead of just having, uh, you know, Maps of schools all mapped out 3D, you know. I guess it's just kind of, you know, 90s tech. You could do anything with any computer ever. You could I miss the 90s. Hack into a sweet skeleton video game, dude. I miss the 90s. The only shows are in like Screen movies two. that really get away with like bad internet stuff are are just like shit movies made for your grandma. You know, or shit like CSI, 
like when they're just on their on the computer like nobody's computer looks like this because those people just don't know where if you do that shit but in the 90s we had like that we're like oh that's gonna be fucking cool yeah it was awesome you tell me what fucking bad guy can be Mm -hmm. (laughs) captain kill and then guys we cut to i mean this is this is where your money goes this scene right here we are at two faces lair this room is literally split white and white and black conservative and heavy metal two face stands split across the thing the bat's stubborn refusal to expire is driving us insane we meet two faces ladies uh do you guys know who these ladies are do you recognize one of them Drew Barrymore, and the other one is, she's been in a whole bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. Debbie Mazar? Yeah. Or Mazer? Yeah. I forgot Sh- Drew Barrymore Sugar, was in this. Yeah. Sugar and Spice. Um, so these women are trying to make Two-Face feel, ha- or feel, feel better, so they list off the, the menu that they've created for him, a very, like, uptight, ritzy... Um, lemon souffle sort of dish and then a rack of donkey meat and then grain alcohol straight up. Um, and and he is just, he's of two minds on which he's going to eat first. He's so fucking excited. But he is interrupted. I think it was actually, because I wrote it down, I think the... Blackened donkey meat? The No, I think the second one was... Uh, uh, the main was boar heart with a side of raw donkey meat. Yeah. <laughs> but the way she's like, and great alcohol straight up, baby. Mm-hmm. Like she is so, f- and yeah, he loves it. It's great. But Edward Nigma, he comes in. I hope, or I think he says like, I hope you have enough for two or hope you have room to share. Um, he introduces himself. I am, you can call me the Riddler. They should have had a fame kick on when he shows up because dude looks exactly like Bowie. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you watch astutely during the shot where the women are listing off what they've made for him, Jim Carrey is standing off to the side, and he is just standing there, like waiting for his cue. Um, I don't think it's a mistake. I think it really is meant to be like he broke in before and he's waiting for like a cool line to come in on. Uh, so yeah, he introduces himself. You can call me the Riddler. He's got this sweet cane, this green get up. It's like in a uh, arrested development when Tony wonder waits in the dumb waiter until mm-hmm. somebody says wonder. Yep. <laughs> Well, at least Tony Wonder gives you half of a Subway um, gift card. Mm-hmm. Um, Two-Face immediately attacks uh, the Riddler and slams him up against the wall. Riddler just goes off. That's never going to heal if you don't stop picking. Um, basically, you know, why kill me? Um, now, Batman, there's a challenge. We can team up. Let's not just kill him. Let's humiliate him. Um he asked for just a moment of, you know, just a bit. Let me explain what I've got. Let me pitch you. Uh, so he starts setting up the boxes on each of the ladies' respective TVs. He pulls 
um, heavy metal on one side meets house and garden, as he says. Um, he sets sugar up with a box and he sets spice up. They both start watching cartoons. It's the 3D version. They're both fucking immediately entranced in it. Um, Riddler says, this is how I found you and throws like, basically looks like a fucking lightsaber handle up to Two-Face's head. He starts getting the, the green brain drain from the two ladies. Two-Face immediately is like, oh, this is fucking great. I'll have more. But Riddler says, uh, no, only first taste is free. Oh, this is the, uh, this is your brain on drugs. Or this is your brain on the box. This is my brain on the box. Uh, he basically says, you will help me steal production capital so I can put a box on every TV in Gotham so I can become uh, Gotham's most cleverest carbon-based life form. <laughs> and in return, I'll answer, or I'll help you answer the question um, of who is Batman. Two-Face of Two Minds says, you have broken into our hideout. You have violated the sanctity of our lair. For this, we should crush your bones into powder. Or a powder. And it's decided by a coin flip. Heads we accept and tails we blow your damn head off. Right as he flips the coin, we cut to the Riddler and Two-Face. They're stealing jewels, smash and grab. Um, then we cut to Dick Grayson just beating the shit out of his laundry. Laundry karate! This is how we set up. Now, Dan, can you give us some feedback on his form here? What All is wrong. the... All wrong. You can't leave a wet floor that is very dangerous. He mops it. Mm, not good enough. <laughs> you need a professional to do your laundry. You don't need to be doing that kind of stuff at your house. I mean, is doing all that shit any quicker than just actually hanging the shirt up? Seems like it's wasting time. It's about those skills, Kron. Yep. I mean, he wears tights for a living. Come on. He's in the circus. Yep. So. Right. So Dick Grayson, he was doing some laundry. He's in there with Alfred. Alfred says, you can leave it. Dick says, it's all right. I'm not used to being waited on. We get a cool 90s flash flash dance of him spinning jeans and wringing them out, throwing up shirts and punching into them. Useless. <laughs> just a fun little scene, that, you know, just to sort of break it up. Because then we immediately cut back to the Riddler and Two-Face. They are robbing a casino. Funny little interaction here where Riddler says, show me how to punch a guy. Um, Bald fist, reach bay. What? They, they got a real uh, Morehouse and the mayor buddy friendship going on at this point in the movie. <laughs> Just hanging out, being buds, robbing yep. casinos together. Yep. At The shot of them in the, in the truck next where Two-Face is driving and he's got fucking earrings and He's like Mr. Teed out with all the jewelry. And then Riddler's got the tiara and he's like counting mm-hmm. 100,000, 200. And t- I lost count. Like, it's fucking great, man. All right. Now we see Bruce Wayne. He's watching the news. The news is talking about how um, Two Face and this new masked green villain that's leaving riddles everywhere, it's prompted them to call him the Riddler, which I'm like, but he called himself the Riddler. I don't know. They got to correct that dialogue. Anyway, Alfred comes in. He gives Bruce another riddle. We get some actual detective work here with Alfred and Bruce. They're going through the clues. 
We got chess pawns. Oh, the, this one was the eight of us move forward, not back, to protect our king from the queen's attack or whatever. Basically, chess pawns was the answer. Um, they go back and forth trying to figure out what does any of this mean. We don't really get any real resolution here, though. Uh, we we got Alfred. He finds uh, Dick trying to pull open this locked door. Dick says, like, everything else is open. Why is this the only locked door? And he jokes, uh, Master Wayne's dead wives. <laughs> uh, silver closet on your way. Shoes him away. We cut to the Nigma, uh, the Nigma Tech launch of the box. Um, on the first watch of this, I thought, I don't like this shot. It's it's him up at this pedest or pe- like podium, giving this little speech. I thought this is like too weight, like it's gross. Second shot, I think I under I got what he was going for. Like he was really trying to capture that chaotic like of being in that crowd. I know this is really unnecessary, like rambling, but I really appreciated it on the second second viewing. So he's given this whole speech about you know like my vision of a box on every home or, you know, on every TV and every home of Gotham and then, you know, the country and then the world. Um, we folks, get a, when Bone says his second viewing, he actually means his 222nd viewing of this movie. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm, I'm glad you came full circle on the one shot of this movie you didn't like. He's 100% now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. This was a 98 up until the second view. I mean, there's a few where I'm like, man, what is that the best shot? But some of the composite, like the construction on stuff, I think it's just fucking stellar. And especially later. All right. um, The box is a hit. GNN, we got a little news story. Um, They're talking about how pretty much they're selling out. People are rioting. We see. You know, the homes of these Gothamites that are watching TV, enjoying the 3D TV, but they're getting brain zapped. And we're seeing this giant green fucking brain drain zap all through Gotham. Nobody noticed. Which leads... What's that? Nobody notices. Yeah, nobody gives shit. Um, And it leads to a giant fucking blender out at the Riddler Island. Uh, We get a little back and forth with Two-Face and Riddler getting high off the lightsaber thing. And then we see where the Riddler really fucking amps up. Uh, he's got this fucking giant throne that is just throwing, I don't know, an eight-inch fucking sewer drain of green brain drain right into him. He's loving it. Yes. Uh, it's a cool, like, reveal shot where he's just like... <laughs> yeah. Not to mention Ed's... We also forgot, like, Ed's cut his hair, so he's got, like, a flat top. As the Riddler, which looks great. Did anybody notice the uh, hair length going on here? Oh, his makes no sense. Yeah. For sure. And we'll talk about it later at the uh, the Ritz Gala. But yeah, he announces the box, too, and he's got the regular long hair again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, eh? Maybe he got a wig made up whenever he uh, decided to be the Riddler, you know? It could be. He might have a Bruce Wayne wig. Mm-hmm specifically for that because he does get a mole um all right so alfred he's heading through that secret door down at the bat cave he yells up master dick blah 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 making sure that he's up dick's like three stories up 
right as Alfred just steps inside the door, Dick does some awesome acrobatics. I mean, I don't know. Would I? Would you call it parkour? Parkour. Was this the first movie to do parkour? So he um, slides down like you know a banner, some other rope, chandelier, full all contact. sorts of shit. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe full contact. Just slides in to the door, right down into the back cave. Alfred didn't lie. This was a silver closet. There's silver shit all over the place. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dick rolls down, lands at the foot of the bat cave. Holy shit. Intruder alert. Yeah. The, Alf- in- the intruder alert makes all of the Batman shit instantly pop up out of the floor. Yes. And turn on. All the computers yeah. and shit turn it's, on. Yep. Did, did somebody break in? Here's literally everything you were hoping to find. Alfred is just so disappointed. We cut to Bruce. He's at Chase's. Uh, she gives him one of those dream things that you guys didn't understand. Um, it's not that I didn't understand it. I just found you it didn't useless. Get it. You guys just God, don't get useless. art. You don't get it. I got to spoon feed this shit. Uh, Bruce tells Dr. Meridian about the night of his parents' death. Um, she starts talking about, like, these are repressed memories. Uh, the kettle goes off, so she's got to step away. She's like, shit. Uh, this leaves enough time for Bruce to walk over to her desk and see the fucking stash of Batman merch that she's got spread across the table. Spank uh, bank. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which is funny, you know, the the Tim Burton Batman, they were having to doodle him because they had no fucking idea what he looked like because whenever he showed up, he scared the shit out of people. And this one, he's just posing for fucking Time Magazine and, you know... National Geographic. Uh, we get some steamy back and forth because she basically admits, like, I, I don't know what it is about him. What's this? Who's this guy that's so fucked up that he feels like he's got to go out and pay this price every night? Um, that doesn't really get resolved because Alfred calls Bruce on this secret video watch, which is badass. Apple Watch from Alfred- 1995. Yeah. Alfred's got to break the news that uh, Master Grayson took a car. And Bruce is just super dense here. He's like, what, how are the Jag? He's like, no, sir, the other car. What, the Bentley? No, sir, the other car. Funny as hell, right? It's something. It's something. It's humorous. It's humorous? That went on for 20 minutes because he has 40 cars. Yeah. Yes. That would have been funnier, honestly, if mm-hmm. <laughs> if he went through ten cars. It's like the Ferrari? No. Well, which one? The nine eleven? No. All Why right. don't you just tell me, Alfred, which Jesus. which car it is? <laughs> oh, they should have hired us for punch up on this thing. Look, what is it with you, dude? I'm trying to get laid. Alfred, it's time to put you down, man. Jeez. Right. So and the joke being that Dick Grayson has stolen the Batmobile. This is where we break. Well, guys, let's let's do a little feedback. Let's do a little catch up for what we left on. We're back from break. 
Um, what we what we always fail to do is we just always jump right into it. But I think we need to appreciate the the people that have maybe took a break and paused. So sure. we're talking Batman Forever. We're talking brainwash category. You guys don't understand little uh, dream dolls. Nicole Kidman is all over the place. Listeners, oh, please. Uh, Dan, Dan please decided, chime in. Dan decided to shit talk Chris O'Donnell's laundry fighting. And his earring. I haven't mentioned that yet. Uh, oh, Nicole Kidman is all over the place, but looking good as hell the whole time. Oh, yeah. Um, you taking... You taking Eyes Wide Shut Nicole Kidman, or are you taking Batman Forever Nicole Kidman? Oh, she looks fine here, dude. I'm going as, Eyes Wide Shut. As Oh, well, I would pick the Eyes Wide Shut version, but it just as we've been going through this, this plot, I realized that at the start of every scene that she's in, I've literally written down like, God damn, Nicole Kidman's looking pretty good. <laughs> I have it like five times in my notes. <laughs> Uh, anything that uh, I sort of blew over by talking the whole goddamn time? Any observations from the first half that you guys wanted to make sure we hit? Um, holy turtleneck, Batman. Oh. It's I mean, Keaton did it. Keaton did the jeans and the black turtleneck. Yeah, that's got to be a but, carryover, right? But from it, I, don't, I think Kilmer pulls it off, man. Turtleneck and a blazer. I just I'm too goddamn barrel chested. Girlfriend think- in girlfriend in high school bought me a turtleneck one time. I mean, it looked good, but it was definitely like this is not who I am. I can't do this. I'm not Batman. I wish. No, I think I you're. Oh, go ahead, Dan. I was gonna say I did love that they just had Batman in the courtroom. I just thought that was fucking hilarious. <laughs> it just comes mm-hmm. out. It's like what? But it's a great shot though. Like the angle that they get on him like trying to dive forward. Oh. Okay. I mean, I think you've hit everything pretty well. Okay. So, I th- I think maybe I would have a different spin on some of these things, but <laughs> Well, you watch the movie 200 times, you start to see the the positive in it. All right. We're on the streets of Gotham. We got offspring smash it up, blaring. The Batmobile is just bouncing down the street. We see some neon goons. They're hassling a blonde. <laughs> Dick is driving the Batmobile, and he's trying to pick up some streetwalkers. Uh, these four streetwalkers. Dan, did you look up in your notes who this, who these four ladies were? Oh, I thought I read this, something. Yeah, this is the... The R&B group in Vogue. That's right. Yep. Uh, Dick opens the, uh, the, I would call it the latch, but like, you know, the the, the roof of yeah. the top. There you go. The moon roof, man. The moon roof. And uh, the ladies are immediately like, that's not Batman. That's Batboy. <laughs> and they take off. But would you guys want to, I feel like the Batmobile is... Like, I would not want to drive it. You've got, what, 15 feet of car in front of you? Yes. <laughs> Seems like a pain in the ass, dude. Not to mention countless buttons that you have no idea what they do. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I mean, I've always said I'm a man of detail when it comes to my movies. And I would just love for him to call the insurance company to just get this thing insured. Like, I'd love to hear that. Yeah, it's, uh, well, it's, yeah, it's got a machine gun. Oh, yeah. Flame it's 1,150 horsepower. Mm-hmm. Um, it does have daylight or daytime running lights, though. That immediately, that's a discount. No airbags whatsoever. No. Nope. <laughs> um, Will you be? Who, who do you think he goes to? The general? Probably. This well, guy. How many miles are you driving per year? Because he gives he does gives two shits about the rate. You know what I mean? He just needs the liability for any yeah, sort of can, other collision. Yeah, he gets. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna it's, say it's just to stay legal. This guy's rich enough. He probably doesn't even have it, dude. We'll just write you a check for a million dollars and drive away. He's got a guy that comes out like after every incident and just pays people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why they're all waiting around. Oh, I got hit by a piece of glass. Here you go. Here's here's two hundred. <laughs> oh fuck yeah! I was gonna you know say- he's. Some of these Gotham hoodlums look like they just got out as a bulba. Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially a lot of these neon dudes. So Dick notices the neon goons that are uh, chasing the blonde lady because she manages to slip away when the guys think like, oh, shit, it's Batman. Um, Dick chases them down. They realize it's not Batman. He says, what, I forgot my suit, all right? So they have a, a sweet fight. Dick takes these guys out like they're just a load of laundry. Um, now, when we were watching uh, Black Roses, you guys both said you felt like the movie could break out into song and dance at any point. And that's how I felt in this neon fight, that at any point this could just turn into a Broadway musical number and it'd plug right into this movie, dude. Oh, I'm positive all of those people were professional dancers yeah. not like you know martial arts stuntmen mm-hmm. even the way the guy claps it had a very like uh all right we're treading the boards feel to it like let's go uh he holds off quite a few of them for a while the real batman he finally presents himself up on top this chases a bunch of them off uh Dick gets a uh, kiss from the chick. Does a Batman ever kiss the girl? Sweet little cue. Um, goons take off once they they see Batman. He slides down. Dick confronts Batman. Says, "You bastard! Should have been you. You told Two Face that you were there. My parents would still be alive." Batman says, "Had Bruce Wayne been able to save your parents or given himself to save your parents, he would have." Um. Interesting thing here that he refers to Bruce Wayne in the third person, right? Like I always thought that that's a always a subtle touch, I think, from a script from the script of that. Instead of saying like I as Bruce Wayne, like he he's able to sort of separate himself, which he also has to do, you know, to fucking Commissioner Gordon and shit. Are you guys familiar with the '60s television show? There's a really great sequence where uh, Commissioner Gordon patches Bruce Wayne in to talk to Batman and Adam West has to he's basically like talking to himself while Commissioner Gordon and the rest of like everybody else is listening on the other line 
So he's blah, 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 blah. And then as Batman, he says, that's right, Mr. Wayne, blah, blah, blah. Like, and there's like a very subtle difference in how he, he chats. It's a great scene. I'll send it to you. Oh, man. I've tried to set that up so many times on this podcast. If I could just get Kim Hinkle and, and uh, Seagal in the same room together. I'd be made in the shade, dude. Yeah, they might need some help with that. That <laughs> might need to be a, a special sit-down episode. Because it, it's going to be so bad, we'll have to edit it. You know? Yeah, you could probably do... I think it'd be interesting to get Hinkle and Paul Verhoeven to chat. Yeah, just two yeah. two directors. Mm-hmm. And then Seagal, I mean, Seagal fancies himself a director. I mean, he basically just fucking pushes around it any any 20 year old kid who's directing his fucking money laundering mm-hmm. eastern european movie that he's making i i did wonder for a slight moment what kim hinkle thought about uh two-face calling it massacre under the big top and then immediately realized that he probably didn't have time to to come in today just because of how dense the notes were so i didn't want to a real bummer him. real bummer all right so we're back to the cave we're so early in the recording tonight because we started so early. I mean, who knows? Um, all right, back at the cave, Dick. He's explaining his hate. He basically is. He's going on like, I, I gotta kill Two Face. Uh, Bruce rejects this basic this help for or this request for revenge. Basically, um, I'm getting mixed up here so yeah bruce rejects dick's request for his help for revenge uh dick says you don't understand your parents weren't killed by a maniac yes they were so in in this universe we also have to remember that not only were bruce wayne's parents murdered they were murdered by jack napier who ends up becoming joker um hubba 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 money 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 uh Bruce, he's talking to, or no, he takes uh, Dr. Chase to Edward Nigma's gala event at the Ritz Gotham. Edward Nigma, he is the newest shit in town, that's for sure. Um, Dick even shows up with him, too. He's looking cool, cool as hell. Uh, it's a real ritzy event. We got this neon Baroque band. Uh, Ed is pulling like a single white female. He has straight up just stolen Bruce Wayne's look. He's got the haircut. He's got a fake mole. Uh, at one point in this interaction, he even pulls out like the same glasses that Bruce Wayne wears, a little thin rim. Uh, all the reporters there asking, you know, some real rude questions to Bruce. They're just like, Enigma Tech is outselling your Wayne stock two to one. Um, Ed comes over and he's mad shady. He's like, "How does it feel to be outclassed, outsold, and just out, you know, outdone in every way?" Uh, he introduces himself to Chase and takes her for a little, or he doesn't take her for a dance yet. He starts introducing his new invention, which is a full holographic fantasy. We get this fucking fat man with his the worst hair I've ever seen. He's got these little curl things in the front. Yep. I thought he that goes, was weird. Yeah, he goes in and has a uh, holographic fantasy about being in some like paradise. 
and then an old lady steps in one, and then her fantasy is that she's covered in jewels. So these people have the two lamest fucking fantasies. Yeah, they should have looked like that old guy from uh, Demon Knight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now that's oh, a fantasy, shit. dude. Yeah, shit, yeah. That's what they should have been. Fucking unlimited bottles of whiskey, Billy Zane attending bar, mm-hmm. a bunch of hotties. Just a bunch of playboy playmates trying endless, to get a paycheck. Endless dude. bunnies, yeah. Holy shit. So... Uh, Bruce calls Ed out for his bullshit brain scan, basically saying, you know, in order to do this, you're, you really got to get in there and manipulate the shit out of your brain. Uh, Ed says like, that's fine. You're just too afraid to try my, try my machine. At this point, this is when Ed asked Chase for a dance. And this is where I'm confused by Chase. Like she will just go to whoever is in front of her and showing her attention. Like I, well, the people of Gotham just really quickly turned on Bruce Wayne when this new guy showed up. So yeah, she's like, hey, you know, maybe. maybe I guess the cool a, thing is that he's like okay with it because this gives him an excuse to do what he does next. But what were you gonna say? Oh, maybe she's just trying to get Bruce a little jealous, you know? Right. Go uh, hang out with another dude for a minute and see how much he cares, you know? Yeah. And we I, we know that Bruce necessarily isn't jealous. He was it's not like he was ever jealous of her being for Batman. It was more of like a confused and sort of like I get why you would like him, but yeah, like he says, I don't fit in at a family picnic. Uh, so Bruce uses this time while Jay, uh, Chase is dancing with Ed to start looking around the machine. That relationship would one dry in like two months. Uh-huh. She's like, you're never home. You never take me anywhere. <laughs> right. Di- and at the, the end of this. The dishwasher's leaking. Like, well, that's kind of the end of it, I think. I think they actually cut that out uh, in my reading. So at the end of this, you know, when she says, like, don't stay out too late or don't work too late, they cut out a line where she asks, like, Alfred, like, does it ever end? And he's like, no. Nah. So, yeah. So she knows what she's getting into. Plus, she would want to be able. She would want to be able to tell all her friends and shit, and she can't. And that'll drive her crazy that she can't tell her bitches that uh, she's boning the bats. She's like, I want him to give me a baby. He's just too beat up at the end of the night to even make love to me. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I didn't have to do eighty percent of the love making, you know. Whatever. Women. You don't get yours and it's my fault. I don't get it. I don't get it, Chase. All right. All right. So uh, Drew Barrymore, or Sugar, she helps uh, Bruce figure out how to turn it off. It's as simple as just pulling out like a red or a green fucking tube. Little glow like, stick that's stuck yeah, in there. Glow <laughs> stick yeah. powers the whole thing. So she pulls that out for him, and he's like, "Thank you." He pockets or pockets it, and then he goes into the room. Uh, right as he does that, though, Sugar pulls out another one, slides it in, turns the thing on. Uh, Ed sees this. He gives a little like fist bump, a little like hump dance, which was pretty funny. 
Uh, immediately, the machine turns on and starts sucking into Bruce's brain. It immediately knows who he is. Um, right as it starts to like 3D map his, his thoughts or whatever, Two-Face and his goons show up. They start blasting the shit out of everything. Ed freaks out. He runs up to Two-Face like, what are you doing? Two-Face says, you know, we were getting impatient. Like, your hunt for the bat is taking too long. Then nothing like nothing will pull him out like this. Um, this chaos allows the, uh, Bruce to escape from the machine. He jumps out. Uh, so here's another Joker-Two-Face connection. This is Two-Face showing up to a Ritzy event, purposely trying to bait Batman. So that's three or four like plot point connections that they have. I'm not saying Nolan was inspired by this, but I mean it's kind of hard to do a Batman I, thing without a ritzy event, though. So know? I knew I knew that that was going to be the hit. I knew you guys were going to say like, well, the things that you're labeling or saying are so obvious, but it's it's in the the presentation of them that I get. With, you know what you're saying like you're gonna have a ritzy Gotham event. That's for sure. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just a little. It's just too one too many similarities for me to not, you know, point it out. Well, maybe Nolan was like, "There's a kernel of a good idea in here, but mm-hmm. what if we actually built a good movie around it?" Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh Batman busts through the glass of the rooftop. I'm pr- if this is not the same guy who was the security guard in the beginning, I, he looks awfully s- similar. But we get this awesome reaction shot of Chase looking up at Batman as he busts through. Did and he, there's a little, little guy who yells, Batman! Yay! Did you uh, notice if he had a hearing aid in? That might have helped clear things up. No, nah, I thought I legit looked for that. He's got the glasses, but... It's it's something that I will remember till I die. <laughs> Batman, yay! Uh, Batman kicks a little bit more ass. Uh, Dick, he slips away. He was making out with some chick behind the band. Uh, he gets down to Alfred and gets his costume. Alfred's like, fuck, I'm going to get fired for this. Maybe they'll take me back at Buckingham Palace. Alfred's just fucking killing the jokes this movie, dude. Uh... Batman saves Dr. Meridian from a goon. She gives him a kiss and says, my place, midnight. Two-Face yells to his goons. He says, all right, phase two. They run off. Batman goes after him. Uh, So they manage to get downstairs, and they run out of the building. Batman, he dives up. He goes up from the top. So Two-Face and his goons, there's like some uh, construction zone. They open up the ground, hop down. Batman jumps off of the fucking building. This is an awesome CG shot that blew my fucking mind in 1995. So Batman basically dives, I don't know, what, 100 stories? 250, yeah. It's badass as hell. So he dives into that hole, or that construction hole, but right as he does that, the goons hold up this fucking tube that forced him to slide, follow the tube. It leads into like this little cutout nook like almost like a mine shaft almost uh right as they do that they start letting out a bunch of gas two-face has got a fucking grenade launcher nothing like a little case of gas or a bad case of gas blows the shit out of it 
Batman manages to activate the heat shield on his cape. It's badass. How many times can I say badass in this? Uh, so he survives the the explosion. He manages to get up and run through it. Two-Face at wit's end. Why won't you just die? Just starts unloading the fucking grenade launcher. This causes the roof of the thing to collapse. Scaffolding, gravel, all sorts of shit come down on Batman. Two-Face runs away. And this is where uh, I noted that Tommy Lee does a great job of always adding like an extra like head nod or like, ha ha. Like he always tags it a little bit longer than it needed to be. And it makes it better every time I watch it. So when all the shit falls on Batman and him and his goons run away, it's this great shot. He runs out and then kind of dives back into the shot and does like a little head nod. So I don't know if either of you know this, but he fucking hates Jim Carrey, hated Jim Carrey. Um, before, before the movie started, uh, Jim Carrey told the story on Norm Macdonald's show. Uh, I don't know if you heard this quote, but they hadn't filmed any scenes together. They were had, they were starting production. Jim Carrey went to a restaurant. Tommy Lee Jones happened to be at the restaurant. The waiter or whatever said like, oh, Tommy Lee's over in the corner. So Jim went over to go talk to him. It's like, I love Motley Crue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if Tommy Lee was drunk at this part or at this point, but he gets up, comes around, like starts to kind of hug Jim Carrey and says, I really hate you. I can't stand you. I I think he says, I cannot abide your tomfoolery or your buffoonery. Yeah. Um. So he's been very open about how much he hated or still hates Jim Carrey. Um, and I think watching it on this with, for this show with that knowledge you can almost kind of see where Tommy Lee is I think going an extra 10% because of how crazy Jim Carrey is and I think it's for the better I think yes I think he brings a because I don't think Tommy Lee's phoning it in at all and I think that competitive nature helped yes absolutely well so I go ahead I don't see how you read the script or look at your wardrobe and say, like, this isn't absolute buffoonery, (laughs) like, what I'm going to be doing. Oh, yeah. The the hypocrisy of... Yeah. Like, how can you be down on this guy for, you know, doing all this stuff, and then you're going to sign up for the exact same thing? Yeah. I mean, it might have just been, like, Tommy Lee Jones watched The Mask and Dumb and Dumber and thought, well, this is the down, like, it's downhill from here. Had Jim Carrey done like a one of his more serious movies at this point yet? Mm, I like think Truman that Show or two like thousands? Okay, because no. Cable Guy's ninety eight or ninety nine, and that mm-hmm. was where he tried to course correct a little bit. And he did like yeah. Well, Liar Liar is the next big hit, I think. And then When Nature Calls. I think he did like the Majestic or something like that. Majestic is after Truman Show, I believe. And then he went into Eternal Sunshine, which... Or no, did he do uh, Kaufman? 
before that, Man on the Moon. That, that might have been 99-ish in there. That's 2000, yeah. Started 2000, okay. yeah. And that is, and that's a thing, if you... Did you watch that Netflix documentary that he did about that? I saw that. Yeah, the Man in the Moon yeah. thing. Like, yeah. if... I feel like if Tommy Lee had known about... Like, let's say he did Man on the Moon before Batman Forever, and he called him out for being like, hey, you can't do that shit on this movie, I think I'd be on Tommy Lee's side. But to... To say to a comedic actor, like, I cannot abide. Like, you're, 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 this is chaos. I don't know. Yeah, it seems Apparently, weird. Yeah. And I guess uh, Val Kilmer and Joel Schumacher also didn't get along. There were like two weeks where Val Kilmer didn't speak to Joel Schumacher because Joel Schumacher basically told Val Kilmer, like, you can't act like a dick. Quit acting like a dick. And Val didn't like that. So. I think it goes to show that there was probably a problem considering that he didn't show back up for Batman and Robin, but wasn't he also flying and filming heat at the same time as this? I think I think he was Uh, working both, both films. I think he was. Oh really? I thought I read that. I, I remember watching an entertainment tonight and they were talking about, uh, Clooney and Batman and Robin and how Clooney would do Monday through Wednesday on ER and then have to immediately run over to shoot Batman and Robin. And I was like, yeah, what a terrible, terrible life (laughs) to be on the biggest show on TV and then to be in the biggest movie of the year. Terrible. Now he lives in an island in Spain. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, what, what is the next movie get so much heat for having a, Batman suit with nipples because this one totally has nipples. Yes, it's not as like the Batman and Robin one is just fucking egregious. Was he the got, thing with this? He got big old pepperoni nipples in that one. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. There's like a subtlety to this one. The next one, it's like, Karan, have you never seen Batman and Robin? See, that's another one. Just like this one, I've probably seen. I've probably seen it all, but it would not be in one sitting. Okay. Well, don't don't seek it out anytime soon. Just wait. Um, God damn. All right. We've talked feuds a little bit. That's good. Uh, All right. So, Two Face takes off. He thinks finally I fucking killed Batman with some rubble. Uh. Uh-uh. Fucking Dick Grayson's hand punches through the rubble, grabs our Batman, pulls him up. What the hell did you think you were doing? <laughs> I love like the three or four times he puts the voice on. Uh, Dick wants to be partners. You know, Batboy, Nightwing. What do you think? I need a name. No way, man. So they argue a little bit. Dick basically says, hang this up next to the bat suit where it belongs. I'm involved whether you like it or not. We're partners. Bruce calls Alfred out. You're encouraging him. And Alfred tells Bruce, like, you know, you should be basically guiding him. Batman, he goes to... uh, Don't threaten me, Bats. I'll go to TMZ. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, wouldn't everybody... He signed a non-disclosure. That's as thick as the fucking Bible, dude. Well, wouldn't everybody recognize 
the the Grayson suit anyway? All of Gotham watched the circus on TV. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard to put two and two together here. Right. There was nobody there was no bystanders there whenever he pulled him out. Well, he's thinking impulsively. Luckily Alfred has the foresight to tailor him a suit, you know. But yeah, sure you're absolutely right. Like, hey, isn't that that orphan kid? Yeah. That's the first thing any crowd of people would yell. That's that Grayson kid whose parents died. Yep. All right. So this is where I would crank it. Uh, We're at Chase's house midnight. She is buck naked under some sheets, windows open. Only thing we're missing is some pigeons. (laughs) Batman shows up. They stare a little kiss. If you look at the trivia, they say Nicole Kidman was really naked underneath the bed sheets. Like, yeah, I've seen that. Who cares? I care. Who cares? I care. Karan. Karan cares. I right, I care, but you don't need to tell me she's not naked. You know what I mean? Like, in my mind, she's naked underneath those sheets. Steamy kiss, a little back and forth. She says, I'm sorry, I just, I, but I can't. Like, I've thought about you since I saw you, your eyes, your lips, everything. But now that I got you. I can't. I got to be with somebody else. Batman says, all right. I understand. Turns around. We get that winning Kilmer bat smile. Keaton Keaton Batman would not smile. I mean, this scene is totally Batman showing up, just being like, you wanted to fuck Batman, right? Because here I am. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, what? but the cool thing is he's like, I either score as Batman or she turns me down because she wants to be with Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Like, either way, I'm getting wet. Total, so it's like total awesome. win-win. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he went, changed, and went and knocked on her door. We just didn't see that yeah. as Bruce Wayne. It's okay. What's up? That'd have been cool as hell. Maybe or if the... like while while he was like grappling down the building, he was texting her as Bruce. You up? Late night sushi. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, the Riddler breaks the the sad news to Two Face that Batman survived the attack. He's crying. Riddler says, "That's all right. I still got something to show you." He he pops in the green tube. We start to see a a big giant bat flying. Holy shit, what kind of a man has bats on the brain? Bruce, he's starting to go around the bat cave with a remote and just start shutting all the shit down. So the opposite of a intruder alert. Um, Dick's following him, basically pleading with him, like, you gotta be Batman. Batman's gotta, you know, gotta save people. Batman says, you know, for years I've dedicated my life to saving people I've never met, faces I've never seen. But... Now I'm in love, putting Batman away. Dick takes his costume and he sneaks away. Uh, Dr. Meridian, she shows up at the compound. Uh, Turns out it's Halloween. Alfred's answering the door, giving some candy to some kids. Chase and Bruce, they sit down in the the lounge. They start talking. Riddler and Two-Face, they sneak up to Wayne Manor. They kind of dropped off by a van full of goons. They squeeze a little. It's always great in these scenes where they're so close to think like, is Jim Carrey loving the fact that Tommy Lee Jones has to hug him? 
and like how miserable is Tommy Lee Jones? Like, I don't know. Uh, Chase, she accidentally uh, knocks over a, a vase full of roses. Uh, this flashes Bruce back to the uh, his parents' death. Yeah, really triggers some Batman PTSD here. Yeah, yeah. He immediately stands up and is like, "I'm going to tell you something I've never told anybody." He starts talking about the night he found the journal. Uh, when he ran, he was trying to outrun the rain or outrun the pain in the rain. <laughs> um, he slips. He falls into the cave. As he looks down the cave, we get this giant bat that starts flying towards him. Uh, rumor has it in the extended cuts, there is a giant fucking bat puppet that you get to see a lot more of. And there is a picture on the internet of Val Kilmer standing next to one. I think he was supposed like, to fight it, I think. Yeah. It's fucking K. I was like, this sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, that's exactly what this movie needs. <laughs> yes. Someone fighting a giant bat puppet. Yeah. Uh, Bruce is just about to admit to being Batman when, when Chase sneaks in a kiss. And oh man, she knows. She touches her lips, blah, blah, blah. They're right about to address this this the awkwardness in the room when Twick a Tweet, the Riddler and Two-Face knock on the door. Alfred opens the door because they've got little you know, Halloween masks on. They knock the shit out of Alfred. Riddler runs off. He immediately finds the cave. He's got like a little sensor thing on his uh, cane. He opens up the door. He goes in the cave. So this intercuts, but we'll just do it first. Riddler basically just starts throwing fucking these little green bat bombs and blowing the shit out of everything. 10-year-old Dustin was fucking heartbroken when this is happening, but then intrigued because Jim Carrey is doing some of his finest work. I mean, big air humps. I'll tell you guys a story one day that I didn't really know what an air hump was, and I started to do one and got pulled into the office and a very large Guamanian woman had to explain to me that, like, you can't air hump. Um, you know that was last week at your job. Yeah. Was it Was it also because you were running around throwing pipe bombs everywhere? And they were like, they were like that part's cool, but you can't air hump anymore. A little no, in the 80s. It, uh, so it, it was the Ace Ventura version where he's like, can you feel it? So that's kind of what I was doing, and I didn't realize that, yeah. I'm thinking I won like a Pog game or something and just really went off. Younger listeners were showing our age here. Yep. All right, so they bust. He blows the shit out of everything. He drops a a big bag of it in in the Batmobile, destroys it, yells joygasm, and takes off. Uh, while this is going on, Two-Face and his men, or mostly Two-Face's men, are chasing Bruce and Chase through the manor. It's ridiculous. While this is going on, Two-Face, he's flipping a coin sitting in a chair. He's waiting on a coin flip that's going to allow him to shoot at Bruce. Now, the Riddler told him, you know, no killing. Seize and capture. Finally, uh coin in Two-Face's favor. He shoots at Bruce. He grazes him and knocks him out. Riddler comes up and stops him from killing Wayne totally, but the rest of the goons, they grab Chase and they take off. They leave another riddle. If you kill him, he won't learn nothing. 
Chase is taken off while screaming. Cut to Alfred waking up. Oh, this is where it is. So I guess the scene is when Alfred wakes up Bruce in this next spot. Bruce has forgotten that he's Batman. And it's something with like Alfred reminding him. And then he goes in his mind and fights the giant bat and then remembers that he's Batman. So this might be a thing that, yeah, maybe it's a good thing they cut. Alfred wakes up Bruce, gives him all the shitty news. Grayson's gone. They took Chase. The cave has been destroyed. And there's another riddle. We see Riddler yelling at a chained-up Chase. Um, He shoots his new signal into the sky, which is basically makes the bat signal into a giant question mark. Alfred and Bruce are trying to figure out the riddles, so we get another scene here. Um... They basically come up with the numbers inside of the riddles are the important part and what order did those numbers arrive in. And then if they associate those numbers with that correlating alpha or number in the alphabet, they get M-R-E, Mr. E, Enigma, Mr. E, Enigma, Edward Enigma. Mm-hmm. It's almost as if Edward Nigma was a consultant for the riddles on dead heat. <laughs> basically, what letter corresponds to what number? Yep. I did read that they actually had a guy from the New York Times crossword, I guess, that put all the oh. riddles together. Oh, really? Yeah, they actually hired a guy, and I was like, that's what he, they came up with. I think they're good. Yeah, they're not terrible. They I mean, if just build up to the like, why would you spell out your number, own fucking name? The number, that, but that's the, but that's what the Riddler does. It's a shit riddle to his detriment. What? What's a shit riddle? It's a shit riddle that it all builds up to one equals a, two equals b. Wow. They couldn't what a hire genius. the Zodiac. But you had to figure out, out that you had to figure out the one and eight combined thing. I guess. Yeah. Zodiac made his whole, whole alphabet, dude. It, yes, it's to the Riddler's detriment that he keeps coming up with these and they get solved. It's kinda his problem. Like he could get away with a shit ton. Like, if, uh, if you presented me a, a series of letters, the first thing I would try is, like, well, let's see uh, if we can match them up to numbers. Yes. Maybe that'll be the code we need. But also, unlike, I mean, the Zodiac wanted to fuck with you. Riddler wants to fuck with you, but also wants you to figure him out so you'll, like, he wants you to solve the last one so you'll come to him. I guess it's just it's it's I poor. Mean, like, it's poor. Why would you want to do no. that to Batman? You we seen that he couldn't even punch a guy. <laughs> so why would you want the toughest dude in Gotham to find you? Well, he has no intention of punching Batman. He's got all these other goons. He's got a battleship set up coming up. He wants Come on. Quit trying to knock holes that ain't there, buddy. All right. Uh, Not all the bat suits were destroyed. There is a sonar prototype. But you haven't tested it yet. Tonight's a good night. Batman gets suited up. This is where we see the ass shot. And Batman and Robin will get 
the Batman and Robin ass shot within the first 30 seconds of the movie. So There's somebody really enjoyed to, this. One. Yep. Yeah, at least you can crank it early in that one. <laughs> this bat suit is almost platinum. Like it's fucking silver as hell. He asks Alfred, do I take the bat plane or the or do I go by air or by sea? Why not both? Robin shows up fucking stacked in this maroon, like almost Christmassy uh, new Robin costume. Who's your tailor? I took the liberty, sir. So uh, Robin takes the boat. Batman takes the, uh, the bat plane. Gordon is like fucking sad as hell up on this rooftop that Batman hasn't showed up yet. Uh, right as he's about to show it or shut the signal off, Batman flies through. He's stoked as hell. Waves him on towards Enigma's Island. Well, how he's seen him, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin, they start heading to the Enigma Tech Island. Two-Face and Riddler, they sit down in front of this like makeshift battleship screen. Uh, they start setting off sea mines. Robin's boat, I think, gets hit twice, and eventually he it blows up. He's got to dive into the water. Riddler strikes the bat plane with a green laser out of the top of the blender thing. Yeah, uh, it can shoot lasers now. Why not? Mm-hmm. Well, it can accept lasers. Now it lose, uses lasers. It can accept brain waves that are in, in laser form. form. I get whatever. Let's move on. That's the magic is he's put a brainwave into laser form. Yes. Um, the bat plane, it goes into the water. Um, he disengages one of the wings and the bat plane becomes a little sweet little submarine, uh, which is good because he helps Robin, who has at this point almost been caught by some scuba diving goons. Uh, bat. Batman shoots out of the little submarine into the goons, fights them off, gets them all like tangled in a net, and then just net like straps them to a fucking buoy. That would kill like, them, this, right? This, yeah, these guys are gonna die. Yeah, yeah. once put, their air is gone, they're done. You put a bunch well, they, of divers in a net. I'm pretty sure yeah. they're gonna die. They come up for air. Yeah, it's a good thing they show them coming up because you know, isn't Batman's whole thing like I don't kill people? But not in the in the Burton universe, he kills. If you all he I'm blows saying, people up, he shoots people. Yeah. If you were diving and I put a net around you, you would one hundred percent die. <laughs> oh, you're dead. Yeah, these guys are dead. Uh, so bats and Robin they make land. They realize the ground is metal. Holy rusted metal, Batman. What? Didn't care for that. <laughs> uh, the ground starts to shift. Robin, he's just fucking angsty as hell. He starts running up as the ground shifts. They start to get separated. The whole island is starting to rise. Uh, Batman, he tries to shoot a grappling hook up into it, but um, no avail, like doesn't pierce the metal. Uh, Batman's got to go into the center of the tower, basically climb up this ladder. Robin, now on his own, gets confronted by Two-Face. Robin beats the shit out of Two-Face, basically. (laughs) And... Two-Face slides off the side. He ba- he's barely able to get a hold of something. Inside the tower, the roof, um, it almost reminded me of Mission Impossible, if you remember when Emilio Estevez is on the top of that elevator. Nothing. 
In what movie? It's Mission Impossible. It's De Palma's Mission oh, Impossible. Oh, yeah, yeah. When Emilio's on top of that elevator, and then he gets trapped, and there's yeah. like that little trap thing that comes down, like the jagged metal that fucking destroys him. Mm-hmm. So there's basically the roof of this tower starts coming down towards Batman. Um, Two-Face, he starts playing the pity party, and Robin reluctantly saves him. Uh, he no more gets him up, and Two-Face pulls a gun. Noble, stupid, but noble. Batman, he uses some cunning and some fancy like boot rockets that he's got. Um, it would have been so crazy when Two-Face pulled out that gun if he just shot Robin at point-blank range and <laughs> blew his head apart. Like, if you got this far into the movie and mm-hmm. you just had one scene of hyper-violence. Yeah, that's called the Coen Brothers. When you just shoot somebody, poof, like, whoa, fuck. <laughs> it's a Coen Brothers move for sure. I was going to um, say kind of like a drive, you know, would it just, it'll pop off for like 30 seconds and then. Yeah. There's hardly any violence, but when there is, it's extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Batman's able to cut a chain. He basically flips this thing over itself. And in that gap, he's able to use the chain and, and fly up to the top. Uh, as he flies up, he kind of pops up through the floor. You get this amazing, great wide, it's almost fisheye shot of the Riddler's lair. Um, I did watch a documentary, like a behind the scenes thing, and they talked about like they did not have sets big enough to build some of these things. This thing had to be its own set that they had to build. Like the building to build the set had to be built before they built this. It was that big. It was totally worth it. Oh, yeah. Fucking awesome. Um, The Riddler spins around. He's wearing a brand new suit, looking fit as hell. Riddle me this, riddle me that. Who's afraid of a big black bat? This is where Riddler presents his final conundrum. Does he save Chase or does he save Robin? He's got each of them uh, locked up in these tubes. He's going to drop one of them and or both of them into the jagged fucking rocks below. Uh, Batman basically says, there's no way that I can choose, you know, there's no way that I can save both of them. Is this another tie to Nolan? Yeah. Make your choice. Why not? <laughs> the boats, no, I mean, the fairies? I mean, the, the real famous one is the Spider-Man conundrum. Yeah, do you true. save the train full of people or do you save Mary Jane? Um, a little back and forth here. Batman, he basically, he starts to stall Riddler by making his own. He's like, I got a riddle for you. Um, you guys remember that Riddler or that uh, riddle? Uh, no. <laughs> it's, uh, I see without seeing. To me, darkness is as clear as daylight. Why you're as blind as a bat. Exactly. At this point, Batman's got a big-ass batarang and set the radar. He throws it up at the top with that big-ass green tip thing that's up above the Riddler. Uh, This thing explodes, starts shooting, you know, concentrated dose of brain drain juice right into fucking Riddler. Um, uh, He starts getting blasted, and this is the great, like, bummer. 
and he hits the fucking button, which releases both of the trap doors. So Chase and Robin, they're fucking dropped into this huge tunnel, which we know is fucking large because we watch Batman go up it. So it's great use of, you know, establishing your environment. Batman dives after them, basically defying terminal velocity. He's able to catch up to them. Uh, he gets a grappling hook connected to Chase. He keeps diving even further, gets another grappling hook up, manages to grab Robin. Why somebody didn't say, like, why don't you just have him shoot them with a grappling hook? Yep. You know, to try to solve this. I don't get that, but it still looks cool. Like in the limited mid '90s CG that they use, I still think the scene looks cool. What were you gonna yeah. say? Well, you could like fly down and save one, and then grapple hook the other, and like tie it up on a, a beam or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, or done like a like he pulls himself down faster or something, you know, to kind of. Even cheat the physics, which you know aren't, I don't know. But it still looks cool. And I don't feel like it takes for, like, the the amount that they fall, it also isn't unbelievable to me. It's like, oh, I somehow, the math or, like, the geometry of that works for me. Maybe the bat suit is more aerodynamic than the tubes that they're in. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if if Robin's hands aren't tied, theoretically his cape, you know, would slow him down. I don't know. I just, on this rewatch, I was like, if he would have just shot her with a grappling hook, you know, and then she stopped that way and it had him still diving. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I guess Nolan could have done it better. Um, (laughs) They get to the top. Uh, so yeah, he saves both of them. They climb back up to the top, uh, but they're stopped by Two Face. Now, how did he uh, get down there? He took the stairs. Well, it also took them a while to get up. I'm sure, like I they guess, had to. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, he slipped out of there. So what I forgot to say is, before the little conundrum thing, when the Riddler presents himself, Two Face does a like, "I'm here, and me," sort of like one last Tommy Lee, like you're not one up in me dude and he slipped away whenever the green tip thing exploded so yeah he's he's on some scaffolding or something he's threatening to shoot the shit out of him and then batman calls him out and says like whoa your coin man you're always two minds about everything or about anything and this is real like the only harvey dent that we get that comes out um thank you bruce um you're always a true friend uh, flips the coin, but right as he does, Batman pulls out a fucking stash of other coins, throws them up into the air, confuses the hell out of them. Um, Two-Face, not knowing which is the real coin, kind of freaks out, falls over, topples over the shit. We focus on uh, Robin, who watches Two-Face fall to his death. Riddler is now all warped to shit. The left side of his face is all fucking gross. His suit's all wrapped up. Why can't I kill you? Too many questions. Batman stands over him. I'm both Bruce Wayne and Batman. Not because I have to be. Now. Because I choose to be. And Riddler just sort of looks up at him like, huh? 
It's fucking great. Cut to Arkham Asylum. <laughs> Ed, uh, Edward Nigma, he's been locked away. Uh, a doctor there, he calls in Chase Meridian, says uh, he's been screaming, says he knows the identity of Batman. Uh, Chase, she goes, Edward, who is Batman? I can't tell you if you don't say please. Edward, who's Batman? Jim Carrey jumps out. I'm Batman. The fucking starts flapping the, I don't know, what, the sleeves of his straight jacket. Laughing maniacally. It's fucking great. Chase steps outside. She's met by Alfred and Bruce. Um, we got a sweet little make out. She says, don't work too late. Cut to Batman, backlit by the bat signal, running into the camera. And who joins him? But Robin. Classic reference shot. The end. Cue the U2 song. That was Batman Forever. I think, uh, like, five out of the six main characters in this movie know that Batman is Bruce Wayne at the end of it. Yeah. Can't keep a secret forever, Kron. Well, one of them's fucking crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. One of them's his partner. And one of them's One of them died. One of them's his lady, yeah. I mean, every one of his ladies finds out in every one of his movies to this point. That was a load off, man. (laughs) We did it. We got through it. Brainwashed. What a hell of a what a hell of a category there, Dan. As always, you know. <sighs> I need a little bit of a breather. You want to take us through some some random some random digs? I think you really covered a lot of them. Sorry, I didn't want to. I got real absorbed with this. That's for sure. Full disclosure, Mayo watched it three times. Gee. Did you go uh, reference the four notebooks you had already filled up over the last? <laughs> 10 years with yes Batman knowledge. All right, gentlemen, upon further research for Batman forever from 1995 directed by Mr. Joel Schumacher, rest in peace. Um, Is he dead? Yeah. He died in 2020. Yeah. yeah. Made it to like 80 years old. He was like yeah. 50 something oh, when he shit. made this. Yeah. Um, premiered June 16th, 1995. So it was a summertime banger. Uh, they gave Mr. Schumacher $100 million, and he brought back to them $360 million. So that gentleman is a hit. It's a Good smash. Return. It's a yeah. smash, dude. Didn't that uh, that little picture you sent us, wasn't this like the number two movie of the year, only after Toy Story or something? Yeah. It, had a, it, had, it re- broke the record, I think, for the opening um, but yeah, I think Toy Story had the uh, had the longevity. I mean, that's an incredibly good return. So, yeah, it's a banger. Um, 
Jim Carrey, he had some original ideas about uh, the Riddler. He actually wanted to shave a question mark into his scalp, but uh, he <laughs> needed to pubes. Find, <laughs> he needed to finalize his divorce, so he kind of thought that yeah, maybe I shouldn't do that. Uh, uh, Mr. Kilmer. Yeah, that would have been divorce from Lauren Holly, right? Yeah, the Dumb and Dumber chick. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, Mr. Kilmer and Jim Carrey did become good friends uh, while making this film. Unlike Mr. Carey and Mr. Lee Jones, I guess they bonded over their uh, father's death. They're not related. Both of their fathers died. Uh, if you look up this movie, there's a lot of who was offered what, who was thought for maybe to do a, this role and that role. And I think about every major actor you can think of is was thought up i know dicaprio actually sat down with schumacher for uh dick grayson the robin uh role but i guess turned down after he didn't like the direction it was going i think there are multiple people that were like eh, no but you have to imagine that financially right like it's no Everybody knows how much fucking money Jack Nicholson made from the first Batman. Dads. So you have to imagine, oh, they offered Michael Keaton 15 and he's turning it down. Every fucking actor is going to be like, I want to be fucking. Yeah, absolutely. Let me be in fucking Batman. So it's interesting the ones that are saying like had a meeting with Schumacher and said, nah, I don't really want to do that. That's t- kind of impressive to me. Because even Kilmer tells the story of, I think he was researching Ghosts in the Darkness. He was actually in a cave. Yeah, and they called him, and he was like, yeah. And he didn't know anything about it. He's like, yeah, I'll do it. But He hadn't even read the script. Schumacher even says, though, that he wanted Val Kilmer from the the get-go. Okay. So, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think we kind of covered it. Like I said, there's a lot of shit on there. If you actually go out and look. A lot of the Easter eggs and stuff like that. Robin using Nightwing. Yeah. It's using the comics. How do you guys feel about Chris O'Donnell? We didn't really talk about him. Hey, whatever happened to that guy? He's a big family man, I think. Like he, I think he wanted a 9-to-5 sort of. So when he got the TV deal... I think that was big for him. Is he Robin in the next movie? Yeah. Yeah. So he at least comes back for that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he did like a Broadway play. Like that's the last time recently that he's worked. Yeah. But I'm, like I, said, I mean, NCIS Los Angeles is a huge fucking show, man. He probably made enough off these two movies that he could have retired. I mean. Yeah. But, uh. Do you guys know about Marlon Wayans? Yeah, he was supposed to be supposed well, he's to already be pinned. He's already yeah. dealed in, but with Burton, yeah, to be in returns, but they cut it out. So um, that would have been fucking crazy. He wanted Mel Gibson as uh, Two Face at one point, but I guess he was doing <sighs> hard at the time. <laughs> I thought that was <sighs> a funny one. Batman should have sucked my dick in the hot tub. 
that what he says? This is PG-13 You blow me now. in the hot tub. <laughs> Le- Lethal Weapon 5 coming our way. Just announced. Directed by Mel Gibson. Hell yeah. <laughs> I said, this is the first one to feature Arkham Asylum. This is the first one to reference Batman as the Dark Knight. Yep. And just little small tidbits of that. Seems like the majority of what you're saying just adds to the awesomeness of this movie. Yeah, like I said. Like I said, you can see a Mm -hmm. shit ton if you go out there and just search the interwebs. Yeah, uh, mid-pandemic when WB was pumping out a bunch of uh, little documentaries and shit that you could watch on YouTube. There was a good 30-minute... I think it's... They did a forever and batman and robin kind of together but the Mm -hmm. first half of it is about forever and that's where i learned a lot about like oh we had to build these giant fucking sets and um you know the first draft of the thing was huge and involved all sorts of crazy psychological shit and then they brought in akiva goldsmith to kind of tone it and lighten it up a little bit yeah i think they said schumacher lightened him up had a lot more going into the Robin story as well. Like, I guess that yeah. was a more detailed uh, story. And it was a must for him, too. In the interview, he says, like, there, it's, it was always Batman and Robin. Like, it's to him, it seemed odd to have Batman and not Robin. So, all right. Well, do we have any anything else before we get to task at hand? No, I'm good. All right. Yeah, let, let's do it. Crown, why don't you kick us off, buddy? Rate my box. Alright, I'm gonna go with Bones uh a four. Going Dan two point five. Alright, guys. I'm going Bones a four point five. I'm going Kron, a 2.5. i give you both a 2.5. All right. I'm, uh, I think I'm going to be at a two on this movie. It is uh, like, there's some stuff that's entertaining in here, but at the same time, it's not enough to warrant a two hour runtime. Uh, maybe when we get the four hour long black and white shoemaker cut, it'll all come <laughs> together. But until then, um, I think I'm going to be at a two. It's just kind of, I don't like, there's an aspect of this movie that I honestly hate more than the brain. And that's just because they had like, there is so much money and talent here. And at the end of the movie, I was just kind of like, it was boring to me. Like it just didn't, it didn't do much. It was more like, Oh, let's see what Kilmer can do. Let's see what Jim Carrey can do. It was just kind of like, uh, actor showcase more than a Batman movie to me. Two point all right, gentlemen, the Letterboxd user rating for Batman Forever at this point in time of this review is a 2.4. 
Uh, I am going 3.0 on this movie. It's got some nostalgia for me. Like I said, uh, it was just something I always watched growing up as a kid. So I think Carrie does an all right job with the Riddler. I do think that they maybe packed what kind of along the lines of what Kron was saying. They packed too much talent into, I think they could have been all right with just doing Two-Face maybe. But like I said, you get a Jim Carrey Riddler who I think probably could have took it a more darker way if they wanted it to. I think he could have pulled that off. And Lee Jones, he's not bad. Uh, I just His performance and from the way that he looks, maybe if they wouldn't have chose maybe purple for his face, maybe if it was like a blue, I think it would, I don't know. And that color was too flashy. But, you know, Schumacher is known for that splash of color and neon. But, yeah, 3.0 for me. I mean, like I said, it's just something. It's like Tremors. I grew up with it, so. All right. Bones. Six. I wish. <laughs> I. This is probably the movie I've watched the most in my life. About halfway through watching this with Sam, I apologized. I said, I realized that I'm just constantly quoting this movie. And she said, how many times have you fucking seen it? Like, kind of admitting that she was annoyed. And I said, started to think about it. I was thinking about when it came out, when I got to, I think I got it for my birthday. Having it on DVD, just constant. Like if it's on, I fucking watch it. Um, there was probably a small time there where I thought, like, yeah, Batman Forever kind of sucks. Like it, like you don't have Batman and Robin, which is a fucking abysmal, unless you have Batman Forever. But then I started to come around to it doing some things that the Tim Burton Batman. I think dropped the ball as far as like, I don't know, comic book composition, just being able to reflect that, whether it's color or maybe the physics don't make sense, but him, you know, grappling and swinging down into like that first meeting with commissioner Gordon, you know, choosing to have it down there. So you get that shot of the Batmobile up on that bridge and him swinging in. Um, immediately coming out of that elevator and Batman jumping around and not just standing there like the Keaton Batman did. Like, wow, this is a more ninja Batman who can move around and take multiple people on. Um, I mean, like in returns, I think at one point he's just standing in a circle with the people, you know, when he throws that batarang around in a circle. Um, I think... The darkness is really there with Jim Carrey. I think in a lot of the delivery, you really do see how fucking fucked up and dark it is. On on these watches, I was fucking blown away by how funny and dark he was committing. And I was amazed at how funny Tommy Lee Jones was delivering shit. Um Yeah, this is, like, solid, man. This is in there. Um, 
it does have some problems, but I cannot believe how watchable and fun this thing is. We get the seal song, which is famous forever. Um, I think Kilmer is a great Batman. I would have, I really wish he got a few more with this. I think he'll be like the Timothy Dalton, you know, like ah, I should have got one more crack at it, but I guess if he doesn't get along and he probably watched Batman and Robin and thought, good fucking Christ. I got out of that shit. Um, Dodged one there. Yeah, I think it was no surprise that this was going to be a high one for me, and I think it needs to maybe be the high water mark. So I'm doing it. It's a 4.5. And there, it also, it may also be me realizing that you guys were going to be in the two range. So we'll see where we end up with the review show concerning Batman forever. But please, Kron, can you unveil the average results? I can indeed. Uh, Batman forever would have a rating from us of 3.17. This is exactly where we were last week, guys. So... Uh, we're going to have a decision to make, which is between Batman Forever and Black Roses. So I think this comes down to Dan. Obviously. Yeah. What pos- what position? Uh, this would be number 17 on the list. I'm going to have to go with Batman. I mean. Just. Yeah. Sure. Uh, So (laughs) Batman Forever would end up at number 17 on the list. Uh, It would be right under. Split second, right above Black Roses. Wow. (laughs) I mean, you both... One of you got it right with the 4.5 and the other gave the four. So I guess, I mean, I, like I said, I knew like this is a freebie for these guys. It's whether or not how exact they get. Um, so speaking of that, our rate my letterbox scores for this. Dan finishes on top with a 1.5. And Kron, you and I tied with a one. All right. After Batman Forever, uh, the scores are me and Bones tied at eight. Dan, right behind us at 7.5. Tight. Well, that closes Brainwash. I'm sure Batman seems like an odd choice for that category, but I think it worked. Um, they did the their of, damnedest not to say brainwashed. Yeah. Manipulation. At the end of each round, we also like to play a little game called... Uh, Fuck, Mary kill 
four of these. Dan, this was your category, so I'll let you abstain. Kron, do you have a uh, selection for Fuck, Mary Kill, The Brain, Black Roses, and Batman Forever? Uh, I think this, this, this could be an interesting one because we could all land at slightly different spots on this, I think. Um, I mean, I'm going to do Mary, Black Roses. It's my nostalgia pick in this category. So I got to go with it. Um, I guess I'm going to fuck Batman uh, forever just because you got a sweet-ass Nicole Kidman in there mm-hmm. doing her doing her damnedest. Um, and I do think, I mean, all in all, I do think it's a better movie than The Brain. Like, it does disappoint me just in the talent and the budget that they had that I don't like it more, but... It's still a, a pretty enjoyable watch. Uh, and that leaves the kill for the brain, which I guess just shove a bunch of sodium into it and let it rip. I'm absolutely marrying uh, Batman Forever. Um, it's comfortable. It's got everything you need. It's got action. It's got love. It's got laughs. Um, I mean, really, for a hundred million dollars, this movie could be—it could be such a bigger mess. Um, and to think that there might be a three-hour cut out there, and this was what was trimmed down, and it's still very watchable, is intriguing. So, definitely marrying Batman. I think I am fucking Black Roses. I think I'm going to follow you and kill the brain. You can't fuck anything if you guys don't have a brain. Um, Gentlemen, I'm killing the brain. Um, it hasn't grown on anybody? Two weeks? It's, no. it's fun in the like ridiculousness of yeah. a sodium company making a movie. <laughs> I'm going to... I'm going to marry Black Roses, and I'm going to fuck Batman forever. Hey, you downvoted it, but still going to marry Black Roses. Yeah, I think I'd rather live in that world. This would be a sweet band in town. But, I mean, Batman Forever doesn't. You can't enjoy the music, though. Sick soundtrack, though. turned into a little demon puppet. I love demons. It's the only way to live, dude. Don't say puppets either please speaking of puppets well we shall see who knows what's coming up next who knows all right listener that was five day rentals category brainwash my pick batman forever we still got one more round on this series or season if you will It'll be Kron's turn to unveil the next category and the next pick. Anything else we need to touch base on before we get out of here? No, yeah. I don't think so. All right. I've I've talked enough for today. So let's hit the showers. When we come back, we'll we'll get our reveal. But for now, I leave you with losing resolution. Holy rested metal. Holy rusted metal, Batman. Crash and burn.
tight listener. It's that secret little after showers we're always talking about. We love it that you made it this far. We have... I don't know. What do we call it? Do we call it category? Round? One more to go. Finish saw for the rest... For the end of the year. It's a round, I guess. Shit, why not? Wine's hitting me. I talked a shit ton. I'm ready. Because we know there's one particular category out there that we're all waiting on. Mm-hmm. So I hand it over to our buddy Kron, who will now select the next round slash category slash whatever. Kron, take us away. All right. Thanks, Bones. Are you guys amped up right now? Brand new category on the way? It's like I'm watching the death drop right in front of me without the safety of a net. Mm-hmm. This is always the most exciting part, you know. We're about to find out what the next three weeks have in store for us. All right, guys, I got random.org pulled up. I've got my numbers in, one through ten. Just to remind you both of where I am with my categories, three is gone, and so are... Seven and eight. That's correct. So three's out, seven's out, eight's out. Here we go. Eight. Gotta go again. Generate again. Five. Five. Guys. Oh, man. What's that? Guys, this is. This is what we've all been waiting for on the pod. During a little a little movie called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Dan hit us with some serious facts regarding all the background information you would ever want on the direct tie-ins with Pinocchio. Yep. He didn't even see this from trivia. This man saw... TMNT and realized, oh, that's shot for shot from my favorite movie. Shall we say it together? Pinocchio? Pinocchio. (laughs) I know you already said it. I was trying to hammer it home again. Guys, this is is too exciting. Um, All right, so the category is Medieval Times, a category I made up just to shoehorn this film in. You'll notice that I crossed out fairy tale horror, which would have been harder, I think. Yes. Guys, we're going to be watching a little movie called Pinocchio's Revenge from the year 1996, directed by Kevin S. Tinney. Now, strangely enough, you guys both already own this on DVD, don't you? Yes, we were burdened with this uh, physical media not too long ago. Well, boys, it's time to take off the cellophane (laughs) and get down to it. You will be watching this on a beautiful full-screen SD presentation. (laughs) The only format it's available in. Not streaming anywhere, right? Not streaming anywhere. Seems like it's been scrubbed from the earth for the most part. But not for the five-day rentals crew. So maybe maybe somebody's out there has seen it already. 
and they'll be able. I mean, this this goes in in the archives. Dan, I saw your eyes light up when that five he stoked r- rolled he around. It. He knew it. I'm I'm just happy to get it over with. <laughs> Listener, join us next week for a very special. <laughs> Special episode of Five Day Rentals. It's been a long time coming. And we're finally going to get Pinocchio's Revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Good way for us to end the year. Now, with Medieval Times, Kron, you... Is that just a... I guess I guess the story of Pinocchio's Revenge starts in the medieval times. Yeah, sure. Why not? Well, it, yeah, I mean, that... Fairy tale. Because I had a perfect um, counterattack whenever you did have it fairy tales. But... Well, you could stick with what you had for fairy tale horror. But you have a category called medieval times. Well, he's opening it up. It was originally right. fairy tale horror, right. but he. The category is medieval times slash fairy tale horror. How's that working for you? I'll have to do. I'll have to do some some looking around. Okay. How about this? The category is now called ancient times. How's that working for you? It could be anything. Medieval, just, older just than do medieval. do some old shit. Look, you're getting Pinocchio's Revenge, and you're the one in charge of this, not me. Okay, it's called Ancient Times Fairy Tale Horror Medieval Times. That's the name of the category. Good luck. We're watching Pinocchio's Revenge. See you next week. Can't wait for all those Pinocchio facts, Dan. I already gave them. Crash and burn. <laughs> Buddies, Buddies forever. forever.